Warning, this episode contains spoilers for Get Out, Logan, Star Wars The Last Jedi, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, Mother, Valerian, Alien Covenant, Blade Runner 2049, Thor Ragnarok, The Shape of Water, Stranger Things, Black Mirror, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and possibly others. Hello and welcome to Reaction Shots for 2017. It's over. It's January 2018 and we're looking back. I can't handle it. Yeah. How is I, I don't know. I like E3 is 5 months away and I feel like E3 was it just happened. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. Flying by. It's an insane it's been an insane roller coaster of a year. It has been. Not only in cinema but in the world. Yep. But here we are to talk about the cinematic aspects of 2017. Some great cinema. There's some great cinema in 2017. Uh, I'm just going to list off some kind of random movies okay. that came off in 2017. So we all have some of the same movies in our minds some here. Some context. The Lure, John Wick Chapter 2, Get Out, Logan, Kong Skull Island, Guardians 2, Alien Covenant, Wonder Woman, Baby Driver, Spider-Man Homecoming, Dunkirk, Valerian, Dark Tower, Wind River, It, Mother, Kingsman Golden Circle, Blade Runner 2049, My Little Pony the Movie, Thor Ragnarok, <laughs> Blade of the Immortal, Lady Bird, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, Justice League, Coco, The Disaster Artist, The Shape of Water, I, Tanya, Star Wars The Last Jedi, Your Name, and probably many others. Many others. Yeah. Ton of movies. Ton um, of movies I didn't see. I have not seen that I was going to try to see before this, but didn't have the time. I haven't seen Coco or I, Tanya yet. Okay. I saw I, Tanya. I haven't okay. seen The Post. I haven't seen... No, I didn't see The Post. I yeah. haven't seen Phantom Thread. I haven't seen that either. I haven't seen I heard it Three Billboards. Bonkers. I saw Three Billboards. I haven't seen it. But we did see a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we, we talked to the patrons. We had a lot of comments. And uh, none of the movies we haven't seen were even mentioned. Okay. <laughs> uh, except for Coco. Did you oh, see Coco? No. Okay. I meant to see it this week, but then I didn't. It looked delightful. Brad Ellis saw it. He yeah. loved it. I'll have to see it soon. So I'm sorry about that. Yep. We can't catch them all. Can't catch them all. But we do catch most of them. What a weird way to start a movie podcast. <laughs> Hi, we're doing a movie podcast. We didn't see any movies. See ya. <laughs> we saw a lot. We saw yeah, a lot. We saw- it's many, also a many, lot many of TV movies. we saw. Yeah. A lot of TV. I saw a Polish mermaid horror musical. The hell? The Lure. <laughs> so, you know. I think you told me about this. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so pretty much we're just going to go through the year, talk about movies. Let's do it. And then uh, I've got a lot of comments from the patrons, uh, and then I have collated their top movies and bottom movies into Cut. a little list. Um, and I have their most surprising, like the movie that surprised them the most. I've got okay. a list of that. Uh, and then at the end of the episode, Huber and I will each give our own personal top fives. And then we'll do a joint top five for reaction shots. Excellent. Yeah, it's going to be a, a roller coaster. I'm excited. So, first of all, what was your favorite film of this year, Huber? Immediately? We're starting this? Boom. Um, uh, shh. Starting with positivity. It's between a couple. It's between Dunkirk, Shape of Water, okay, yeah. and Blade Runner 2049. Nice. Those three. It's really hard to lock it down to just one because they all gave me something different. Okay. Um, Dunkirk, when I walked out of that theater, I collapsed on a near a fountain and I just wept. 
Wow. I wept for humanity. Wow. Because of the horrors of war. Like, this movie really got to me. It was just... It was overwhelming. Like, Dunkirk is an overwhelming movie, you know, if you just let it in and and you think about just life and everything and and it's all... It it was just intense. It was heavy, you know? Uh, And then Blade Runner 2049 is, like, my favorite type of movie. Right. Like, sci-fi, detective, noir. So cool. Long. Long. Just, like, one of the... Maybe the most beautiful movie ever made. Visually stunning. Yeah. Out of control. And then Shape of Water is just... Pure Guillermo. Pure Guillermo. Like, the most Guillermo Guillermo movie ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... It, like, super is. Like, I was... It was like, there were a, there was a lot to be sad about in the movie, but I was just smiling the whole time because I was just so... It was There was just so much joy in it. You could yeah. see the joy just coming off of it. Yeah. It was hard to explain. That was interesting, too, because it left my sister really sad. Mm-hmm. And I don't... It's like well, melan- a melancholy feeling. I give away anything but yeah i think that it, it does all it has a lot to do with how you interpret like how you're being told the story mm-hmm. like how you feel at the end yeah because i was pretty i was i like was near tears with happiness at the end yeah of course of course yeah yeah it, it's a very but, intense yeah cool weird bizarre movie yep but like kind of also like it's very weird because it sort of just goes it like does. There's conflict, obviously, but like Michael Shannon is just so nutso. Yeah, and the main characters are just so wholesome and lovely. So <laughs> Richard just... freaking Jenkins every time. Yeah, God. oh man, it's just a very cozy movie. Oh, she's amazing in she's that. She's so. Good. I can't even handle how good she is. Yeah, the I also really appreciated the way that they did her character, where she really felt like person mm-hmm. to me like yep. even her like the way they showed her sexuality was mm-hmm. really f- interesting to me i really yeah. liked that you like know right just out kind of, of the routine gate. yep immediately in the movie yeah. you're just like oh okay yeah masturbation scene got it <laughs> like yep. uh, but it didn't feel exploitate exploitative or anything it felt like okay we're just we're ha- seeing her routine seeing what kind yeah. of person she is seeing what her deal is it's all very cool yeah very and, cool. and just like and it wasn't even about like sex really you know there's like anytime someone goes in and just like gets naked and has like a loving embrace yeah that gets me rather than like rip the clothes off right 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 like you know just all about seeing each other yeah that was that came across really well and consent which i like (laughs) um yeah that's great and blade runner yeah yeah we we meant to do a spoiler mode on blade runner yes uh this movie I love it. It, I mean, out out of the gate, we must acknowledge that it has some pretty startling, like glaring issues when it comes to race relations and uh, you know the handling of female characters. But I also think that that has a lot to do with how you read the movie too. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought the main like villain chick was a badass. Oh yeah, She's hunter cool. dude. Yeah. And my my kind of read on Blade Runner one and two is. Mm-hmm. It's stories about egotistical men who are unimportant in the system that they yes. live in, trying to either fighting against or coming to grips with the fact that they don't really matter in like a big picture yeah. s- sort of way. Jared Leto, man, playing God. Yeah. 
But I mean, and also, she was kind of like his slave in a way. Like, but I mean, the main characters too. Like Deckard in the first one realizes he's a he's a small fish in a giant ocean, but then tries to rage against it. Um, for better or worse, because I think Deckard is the villain of the first movie, pretty much. Uh, and then in this movie. Yeah, it's Roy, man. He just wants to. Yeah, just wants to live. <laughs> it's him realizing that that yeah, he just wants to live, and then he thinks he's important, and then he finds out he's not. Um, yeah. Which you know, obviously, spoilers for 2017. By the way, we did, forgot to say that. Yeah. Uh, we'll try to not, but I I just spoiled Blade Runner. You can a like bit. you can like flash it in the in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I usually do. Okay, good call. Just throw that um, spoilers. Yeah. Please be advised. Yeah. Spoilers. 2017. Uh. But yeah, Blade Runner. That Visual f- smorgasbord. And the audio. Oh, God. The fight scene when the in the car. The car is like the by the beach yeah, and yeah, the yeah. water. Yeah, it's oh, insanity. my goodness. Well, and like when they're like crashing plane noises, like plane engines, it sounds yep. like in the, in the mm-hmm. music. And like I've told this story, I think, before. But I mean, I, I love Blade Runner. I love that kind of world. I yeah. love synths, obviously. Yeah. When the movie started, it just a shot of an eye and then like every synth. I literally, I like start, I almost started crying just because I was like so excited. Um, but yeah. That, that's something I want to bring up too is in the peak TV era as they're calling it nowadays. Is that what they're calling Peak it? TV okay. is the lingo apparently. Uh, because it's so good or just because there's so much of it? Both. Ah. Yeah. Uh, I have... You know, I've always appreciated the the scope of the movie theater. Yeah. And I'm appreciating it even more. Like, 2017, sure. I doubled down, like, I want to go to the movie theater to, like, see something big. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like, there were a lot of those movies this year, which I really appreciated. Like, And Blade Runner is why I bring it up. Yeah. Because it was just such a feast. It's like the 50s all over again. Movies have to dazzle. Yeah. To get people to come to the theater. Yep. Because otherwise, everybody's sitting in front of the boob tube. Exactly. You can't yeah. do Dunkirk IMAX right. on Netflix. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Netflix. It's unreal. Although, uh, I have, like, unbeknownst to me, like, sat down to watch Netflix at, like, my sister's house or whatever. Yeah. And, like, suddenly realizing, like, I suddenly realize it's in 4K, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, ah, ah. Like, because yeah. I didn't expect it to be in 4K. So yep. I'm just like, ah, cheaty. <laughs> Why can I see your entire face? What's happening? <laughs> Uh, the good plays, by the way, great, great dude. Show. I've only seen season one. Ah, oh! and it's amazing. I finished oh! it all because it's on. Finish it. It's on. I finished have, season one. They showed on like NBC.com or whatever. Okay, have, I think I forget. It's on Netflix, maybe. Season one's on Netflix. Yeah, I, I finished season one on Netflix, and then now. Yeah. Oh man, that show really good. That show is crazy. Yeah. Wait, is <clears> season Season two is still happening, I think. Yeah, it just came back from a hiatus. It got okay. It got preempted because of football, oh, okay, or something, and now it just came back. So I got a long way to wait if I want to wait for Netflix. Yeah, I think season two is still happening, but I check NBC.com. I think they okay. have them on there. Cool. You have to watch commercials, but um, Volker Bach, Bosch, Bach. I'm gonna mispronounce everybody's last names. It's okay. Uh. I was on, oh, that, I misshelved this comment. Oh. Uh, uh, this is for least favorite. Moving that, moving that. One second. Okay. Yeah, war sucks. 
What? War. Just thinking of Dunkirk, man. It never changes either. It's so brutal. Okay. Ace Jackson, favorite movie. A Silent Voice, Your Name, and Coco. It was a three-way animation tie. Dang. Of these, I saw Your Name. Very lovely movie. Is that the Japanese one? Yeah, anime. Very intense. Uh, pretty crazy, like, sci-fi story. I don't want to say too much about it nice. without ruining it. But uh, Ace Jackson says, They all have some things in common in terms of what makes them excellent. Characterization, storytelling, and beauty of the animation. I cried during all three of them, none as much as Coco, but that's just because of my connection to the story and culture. Nothing compared to these films for me. Nothing reached their heights. There's some, There's like a... When animation hits, I think it can it can do things that that live action can't do because you you have that perfect blend of you can have that you can have it grounded in some kind of reality but then it can just do these fanciful things mm-hmm. and if it's measured and paced out in the way that your name is um and uh, you know I've seen every other Pixar movie so in the way I imagine Coco is you can have this thing where it's a metered out kind of reality and then it just shifts it slightly in a way that that's easier to do in animation um, because you don't have like some glaring CG effect all of a sudden or yeah. something because it's just still part of the same world and I really appreciate the the medium for that yeah you know somebody it didn't like come that. out this year but um, somebody mentioned Castle of Cogliostro and I, I love that movie I don't know if I've seen that one ooh Lupin the Third yeah. you'd like that movie Studio Studio uh, Ghibli Ghibli uh, did it and it's really weird. They did a collaboration with Lupin the Third. I've brought it up a million times, Ian. I'm, I'm. It's so hard for me to watch things unless I have immediate access, whether I'm like a Netflix subscriber or right. a physical thing yeah. in my hand. Yeah. And over the years, you know, I've seen a lot of Ghibli movies, but over the years, trying to watch them all has proved. What's the word I'm looking for? Fruit elusive. Elusive. Sure. It's proved elusive because they're so damn expensive. Yeah. But yeah. come on now. And I don't think they're on 40, any... Like 45 bucks for a Blu-ray. Yeah. They're really hard to track it's like down. Sun, it's like the Suncoast video days all over again. Yeah. I know there's so many sites where you can stream it, but I'm weird I'm weird like that. Yeah. You know? I wonder Illegal if it's streams. on Crunchyroll or whatever. Or uh, some of them have to be Criterion. You could get them on Filmstruck. Yeah. Filmstruck? Filmstruck is a new service this is gonna sound like an ad um <laughs> i haven't used it? i haven't used it yet um but it's basically netflix for like art films oh my goodness yeah and they have all the criterion collection uh yeah I, i've been thinking about checking it you out you can stream the entire criterion collection i'm pretty sure holy when moly. hulu when okay. hulu had quote unquote the entire <sighs> criterion they they were missing a few like night of the hunter they didn't have for some reason mm-hmm. uh so i'm not you know I think it's the entire collection, but I don't want to like say cool. that and be wrong. But I'll check yeah, that out. Filmstruck, excellent. We should try to get them to sponsor the show. Yeah, um, we just advertise for them. Favorite movie: Jack Price says Baby Driver. Not only an outstanding piece of technical filmmaking, but also an absolute blast to watch. The music synchronization could have easily been a gimmick that got annoying very quickly, but thanks to some great music choices and fantastic direction, this movie just cemented Edgar Wright as being one of my favorite directors currently working in cinema. With amazing car chases, great acting, and solid pacing, this is an absolute must-see. I agree. I really like it. Baby Driver is I thought fantastic. I'd like it more. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm really weird. 
Bank robberies are my favorite thing of all time. So I yeah. like really, re- I'm really you critical. Pressure I'm very critical of a bank bank heist. I like loud bank heists. I like traditional bank heists. I'm a stickler for that. I love when they go in, they kick down the door, they shoot up in the air, everyone down on your knees in the vault, funneling money into the bag. Like, spare me. To be fair, to be fair, (laughs) all those things happen in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Yes. But we're out with Baby in the car. Yeah. So we see that. I know. And we're just listening to uh, the bell bottoms. Yeah. I... The ch- and the pl- the chases were good. There there was good. good the chases were phenomenal. Like, like that that opening yeah. chase was like the best car chase since the first. It was fifteen really minutes good. of drive. I think it like, was su- the first one was super. But yeah. that's the thing is like I loved the beginning. Yeah, and like I really loved the beginning, and then I kind of just like really liked the rest of the that, movie. That's actually a trend I've noticed in car chase movies um, or movies like this. Like the where, beginning of Drive is the best yeah, part. The beginning of Drive, like the like, and I like the entirety of Drive. Yeah, but the the beginning is the most tension. The the yeah. like, it's really hard to open with a bang with a great set piece yeah. and then top it later. It's almost like uh like they made its its own little standalone short film. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. In both Drive and this. Yeah. But, I mean, the technological and artistic accomplishment Unreal. of of the music synchronization in this movie yeah. and and. Uh, they're totally right. Uh, Jack is totally right that it could have been a gimmick. It could have been just a music video, but it was so well done that sometimes you even didn't notice it when it yeah, was happening. Totally. And like, cause that's just, it's good editing, you know? And their editor was on set edit, like kind of basically like live editing the movie that's crazy. to make sure that they got the timing right. That's crazy. He was like, he was like on a mobile edit cart. It's nuts. <laughs> Like just ingesting the dailies, cutting like rough just Hollywood feature. Just yeah, so, and know, he's just, just like uh, you know, and then he's <laughs> just like yeah, yeah. Uh, the timing worked, or like we need to redo that part because it's a little off. Crazy. It's bonkers, dude. It's so cool. That'd be cool. And uh, they making of. Yeah, I watched a video about the editing. Yeah, and uh, they did. They storyboarded meticulously, and like one of the cool things with, with Baby Driver is um, naturally they had to they had to get the licensing for the songs like basically at like the like the script phase at like the writing phase because Whoa. if they didn't know oh, what songs yeah. they were doing they couldn't write yeah. it they couldn't time it they couldn't storyboard it they couldn't do it, all yeah. of that so like it's 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 kind of like backwards to how most movies work where they're like you license the movies a little late or the music a little later in the process yeah that that one was very interesting in that. Will way. this movie run into problems like fifty years from now? Will licenses oh, like run out? With who knows? Music? It depends on it depends on the contract for the. Th- I mean, I yeah. I imagine they just got you know they got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think we'll have like a quantum break situation okay, okay. or whatever. Was it quantum break? No, Alan Alan Wake. Alan Wake. Because it was like one song. Yeah. And do, quantum do you remember break too, the, I think. Do you remember the one song that they? I forget. Yeah. Uh, Brittany Fuller, uh, favorite movie was Get Out. Get out! Get out! Uh, she says, "I keep going over all the movies I've seen this year, and Get Out is one is the one movie that I cannot find any faults with. This movie checks every box. The acting is su- superb. The story makes for an incredible piece of horror. It's uncomfortable, unsettling, and it's harsh reflection. It is a harsh reflection of the worst parts of society." Jordan Peele crafted an exquisite piece of entertainment that also speaks about the exploitation and commodification of black people in, and their bodies in America. 
I think it's unfortunate that coming out at the beginning of the year will likely leave it susceptible to the allures of movies that are lesser but more fresh within the zeitgeist. I think Golden that's Globe nominations, very though. true. Yeah, but not a win. Totally, also, yeah, true, true, the but fact, still is represented. That's pretty that's, awesome. That's true. The fact that it was shelved under comedy is very weird. He apparently wanted it, though. Really? He, uh, that's what I heard. I don't know if they fact-checked that, but okay. I... I Because I, I was talking about it, too, with, yeah. with Beth, and she was like, no, he... He wanted it to interesting, be. Yeah, interesting, yeah. interesting. So what won that? I think it was Ladybird, or was that drama? <laughs> drama was three billboards. So, so I think com- I think yeah, Ladybird won comedy. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. Like Ladybird is one of my favorite films of the year, mm-hmm. and um, I just realized I never talked about my favorite films of the year. But uh, yeah, I was like, are you gonna? Say- I thought you were saving it. Oh, later. I, I guess I, I guess I'll save it. Okay. No, I, I'll do it now. Uh. Yeah, I mean, Get Out and Lady Bird are definitely two of my favorites of the yeah. year. Obvi- and obviously Blade Runner 2049. Like, despite its glaring flaws, I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I think it's it's kind of, it's daring. It's very weird to describe a giant blockbuster movie as daring. But, like, I'm just amazed and saddened that... I'm amazed that the studio just kind of let Denis Villeneuve do his thing and let it be that long let it be a measured pacing you know let it be a mature slow you You see ridley scott coming out talking shit oh yeah ridley scott i'm like an asshole i'm like ridley you've clearly lost your mind gosh your movies are bad now so uncalled for oh yeah ridley scott yeah and then he was just oh what else did he say he's not classic then he doubled down and he was like yeah, he had an idea for a third he one, was like no read it. he was like the yeah the script is mostly mine yeah for 2049 he was like yeah it's mostly mine anyway i'm like prove it god um but yeah whatever really scott like yeah, upset show me. some class show some class like you know whatever like Villeneuve just and made some huge movie Massive movie, didn't do well box office, probably feeling down about it, you know? That's what I was sad about, is like, yeah. because it didn't do well, I'm afraid that people won't let, won't let yeah. beautiful measured sci-fi happen anymore. I know, I know, it's scary. There, there That's is... why I was so hyped that year with Pacific Rim. Yeah. Because China saved it. Yeah, yeah. Like, international box office, yeah. you know? And, and it's like, we need more movies like that. <laughs> and we're gonna get into Last Jedi, but like, uh, I think that... That we're gonna see a similar thing with Last Jedi. Like Last Jedi is an is an intelligent, mostly, and challenging film. Yeah. Which I think is why it's getting so much backlash mm-hmm. because it's a challenging movie and it challenges your expectations. But <laughs> the box office isn't nailing it overseas. Yeah. Um, which is very interesting. Which is very weird. Uh, I mean, it's still making money hand over fist, but like yeah. for a Star Wars movie. Yeah. It it's made like, a billion, oh, right? it's only doing incredibly well. It only made like a like, little over a billion. Yeah, what? <laughs> it's not. It's not shattering every record instantaneously. <laughs> what? Um, anyway, we'll talk about Last yeah. Jedi in a minute. But uh, yeah, want to get back to Get Out? We kind of brushed over. Yes, it. Get Out. Um, yeah. uh, Warren Blythe agrees with Brittany. It works on so many levels. It's a great creepy suspense movie mm-hmm. and a great societal commentary, social commentary. Uh, there's such a subtle and deep characterization, and it's funny, and it's full of metaphors. Every little plot hole I thought of, I thought I'd discover, led to a, wait, no, they covered that in this moment, kind of moment. Um, extremely well thought through. I thought about the movie for days, and was rewarded for the effort. It seems so simple and small at first, 
but eventually you realize it's a huge movie. Hopefully this changes horror movies from now on. Yeah, for to commentate on such a big issue in a funny way, like somehow making the movie light, but also very, very dark. Yeah. Uh, is why that movie just is, it's one of a kind and it's getting so much recognition and hype. And I think I've listened to Jordan Peele talk about the the movie in like a few different, uh, venues. Um, I recommend there's a podcast called Q and a, um, with dude's name that I'm not remembering in this moment. Uh, but Jordan Peele does an episode, uh, and it's very good. He talks about the writing process and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, he talks about how, um, the audience experience of the movie is kind of taken into account. So like, um, he, he talks about how in black, black culture, it's like part of it to kind of like, you know, the, the, like, Oh, don't go in there. You know, like that kind of stuff where like, like his friend is the voice of the audience. Yeah. And I think that's TSA. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's why that, uh, I I think that's why get out works so well. And that's a mark of amazing horror. When the characters in the movie either express your concerns yeah. or do the thing that you would always say, well, if the, I was in this situ- situation, I would do that, yeah. and then things still don't go their way. Yep. That is the mark of a great horror movie to me because you're doing all the right things and it still isn't working. Yeah. And that is scary. That's which is why, terrifying. Which is why I didn't like Metalhead in season four of Black Mirror. Because I felt like there were so many times where I was like, why are you doing that? Right. Why are you doing that? Right. Like, don't do that. Do Run. Like, there were so many times. Like, why does she make the call? Right. Why does she hunker down? And, and like, go. Yeah. Never thought that and get out. Car wouldn't start, you know? Real quick. Like, uh, when he keeps ch- plugging in the phone, I thought that was good. Yeah, he keeps trying to plug in the phone. Yep. Uh, someone in the comments pointed out the, the kind of... I, I have to imagine this was intentional, but... How he saves himself with cotton. Yeah. Which is like part of what... How did he... How did he... I guess maybe... That's the only part where I question it. Where I'm like, how did he get it? The part that I question (laughs) is like... I'm like, dude, why'd you take the cotton out? (laughs) Yeah, keep it in. Keep it in. I mean, I guess you want to be able to hear when you're... True, you don't want anyone sneaking sneaking around a house. Totally. So it's like a six of one, half dozen of the other. See? Every part of this movie that you're like, well, hang on a minute. And then you're like, well, well, hang on a minute. God, get out is good. Yeah, dude. When he stabs her, oh, the 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 mom. Uh huh. What's her face? I love her. She's yeah, amazing. Catherine Keener. Is yeah, that, is that yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, she's amazing, dude. My favorite moment. She's huge staring huge spoiler. at her. <laughs> yeah, huge spoiler. But like, the look on the daughter's face when he's like choking her out at the end, where she's just like smile, like vindicated. Yeah. Like I, I knew I was right. Like, like it's a very like white, like you people kind of look. I'm just like, Holy crap. That is freaks me out. Yeah. It's the most chilling moment of chilling. that movie. I just I'm chills. just like, wow, you're bad. Yep. Wow. Uh, Oh, do we foresee more get out in the future? Do we foresee it? Because I I look at so many movies before it that have have hit gold, if yeah. you will. So many horror movies like would, uh, Insidious would, and Saw and Conjuring that just I would prefer, crank them out. I would prefer not, actually. I would prefer... I mean, I anxiously await Jordan Peele's further cinematic efforts. Yeah. But 
uh, a Get Out sequel, I think, because Jordan Peele wrote this movie f- over such a long yeah, period of time. Don't force it. Don't force it. I mean, if he if he really has an amazing idea for a follow up, and they take the time with it, then I trust that it would be phenomenal. But yeah. like, if it's some uh, someone else, right? Like, if they just if the studio just want yeah. if Blumhouse wants to just like crank out another Get Out, yeah. like I would I would pump the brakes. Yeah. Also, the problem that I foresee is because like kind of the the like kind of shadowy aftermath of this movie is like you know this dude's gonna get in hot water with the cops you know, yeah there's like so entire, many dead bodies an entire white family gets murdered yeah and a black guy gets out like yeah society you know he escaped that little you know out of the yeah. frying pan into the fire yeah. you know like and this then guy, they hinted at some other bigger conspiracy with people like transferring bodies oh yeah like they weren't the only people maybe oh yeah maybe so it's just like, yeah, like that society could have other cells yeah. and stuff. It's just, it's a very, it, and like one of the best, one of the like most successful moments of that is the moment when the, when the cop car rolls up yeah. and he's just like, oh shit. And yeah. then sh- her face, she's just like, yes, I yeah. got it. Like yeah. no matter how, like they both know and the audience knows yep. that in society today, there's no way this is going his way. No way. And it's just like such a crushing moment. Yep. That's what I love about that film too. Is <laughs> TSA, like it dude. puts God, he's the best. It it, I think it it like codifies and and exemplifies the black experience in a way that very smartly shows people who don't live that experience a little bit like it. It helps you to empathize a little more. Power with movies, it. baby. Yeah, like that. Yeah, cinema can do that. Yep. It can like Lady Bird. It can like I mean Lady Bird made me sad for other reasons too because it's like. Oh, this is the girl, the like growing up situation I'll never have, but like it it lets you live it a little bit. And I love oh god, I love movies. Yep. Real quick, uh 19, The Waldo Moment, 18, Men Against Fire, 17, White Bear, 16, Metalhead, 15, Crocodile, 14, Way Playtest, too low for Crocodile. Keep going, sorry. <laughs> 13, Archangel, 12, Shut Up and Dance, 11, Hang the DJ, 10, National Anthem. Nine, Nosedive. Eight, Hated in the Nation. Seven, White Christmas. Six, Black Museum. Five, USS Callister. Four, Be Right Back. Three, 15 Million Merits. Two, Entire History of You. And of course, one, San Junipero. Nice. Crocodile, I might move up. I could move up. I actually, yeah, yeah, I'm surprised I think, 13 Million Merits is so high. Wow. I think Crocodile, I'm moving it up. Yeah, move it up. I'm moving it up. Crocodile freaks me out, dude. Crocodile freaks me the hell out. Here's the deal with Crocodile. Like, one of the best movie or one of the best interpretations of murder. Yeah. It just just keeps going. It keeps going. My goodness. And the twist at the end is pretty good. But, like, it just. Oh, oh man. Yeah, Crocodile's good. It's brutal. Whatever. Black Uh, Mirror. Black Mirror. Uh, But, yeah, Get Out is so good. <clears throat> I mean, like, obviously, we're not the experts on the black experience, but, like, you know, that movie... I can try to empathize. It's, that's, it, yeah, and it, it is so well done. Absolutely. Um, Carl Williams' favorite movie of the year, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, a great blend of drama and dark comedy, elevated by outstanding performances from Francis McDormand, Willie Harrelson, and Sam Rockwell. I loved the ending where the viewer is left wondering what will happen next. Nice. You saw this, right? Nope. Oh, you didn't? Nope. Uh, I'll talk about it for a brief moment. I thought I I love Matthew McDonough or Martin McDonough, sorry. Um 
I I I like In Bruges much more than this movie. Uh, I like this movie a lot, um, but there were definite moments where I felt like I was reading the screenplay instead of watching the movie. Yeah. You know, there's a scene where Francis is talking to a deer, and uh, basically it's just like a metaphor of like getting her character's kind of nihilistic worldview and stuff. And um, I'm like, yeah, I could see how this on the page would look really good. Mm-hmm. And Frances McDormand is crushing it. Like, she's an amazing actor. One of the best yeah. working today, I think. No doubt. But it still felt like I was reading the page, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, which is sort of the style on that. And I think there were some comedic beats that didn't quite land. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the ex-husband's new girlfriend or whatever. Uh, stuff like that. But all in all, it's a very good movie. Very challenging movie. Dealing with really heavy stuff. Um, yeah, someone, the premise is yeah. disturbing. Someone pointed out that uh, Sam Rock. I love Sam Rockwell. Love Sam Rockwell. Uh, I've always loved Sam Rockwell. One of my favorites of all time. I really hope regular or menthols. What is that in? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one. Oh right, he's yeah. in it. You want some cigarettes? <laughs> yeah, he's a Foot Clan guy, <laughs> yeah. Foot Soldier guy, a Foot Clan. But um, I mean, I love him in Galaxy Quest. Everything. When everything. He just, everything. When he just yells. There's like you have a last name. <laughs> Do I? Do I? Uh, oh, man, Galaxy Quest. Oh, one of the greats. Um, but anyway, um, we should do a haul of the... We should haul do like the movie grades. best top 100 films of all time yep. list. Oh, that, that would take forever. Yeah, uh, take man, I hope Sam Rockwell doesn't turn out to be a like abuser. Please. Please no. Give us Sam Rockwell. Yeah, um, his Golden Globe speech was the most jolly thing of all time. I didn't see the Golden Globe. I didn't see his Golden Globe speech. It was I saw like real a bunch jolly. of the other ones. Was it? He's like... I've been in a lot of indies. It's nice when people actually see one. It's <laughs> like three boards is doing yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, people pointed out that it was a little interesting that uh, his character who, uh, in the movie, has, but prior to the events of the movie, like, tortured a black man. Whoa. Uh, and then throws an innocent person out of window. Like, Whoa. does all kinds of, so like, he's like a bad terrible. Dude. He's the bad guy. He's, okay. like, kind of the bad guy, and then he gets sort of a redemption arc. But, like... Uh, it is interesting, but like I would argue that I I think Martin McDonough's movies are always kind of about broken bad people. Yeah, seven and, psychopaths. Right, and like I don't think I don't think that the movie is ever arguing that these people can be redeemed or are good or mm-hmm. like will be good or that the events that this man has done can ever be expunged. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think, and like also the redemption arc of Three Billboards is not like. <clears throat> Not an actual real redemption arc. They're gonna maybe go do bad things. So it's like, I think Martin McDonough is saying like, we're all kind of bad. We can try to do good things, but it'll never really make a difference. Whoa. Um. So like the argument that he gets a redemption arc, I see, but I also think like it's a Martin McDonough redemption arc mm-hmm. where it's just like you never, you can never get out of the hole. In in a Martin McDonough universe, I think heavy. I'm pretty sure I'm saying. I'm pretty sure his name is Martin McDonough. Uh, anyways, very intense subject matter. That yeah, the, just the, I, I I only really know the premise. Yeah, and it's like whoa. Yeah, it's it's bonkers. Uh, Tokyo Slim, the film that I thought most about and had the most impact on me, both artistically and emotionally, this year was the documentary "I Am Not Your Negro" by Raoul Peck. James Baldwin was such an amazing writer, and his voice and concerns are still extremely relevant and important in today's society. I haven't seen that. I've heard of it. I haven't seen... I don't think I saw, like, one documentary this year, honestly. 
I feel like I watched a couple. I watched that Amanda, <clears throat> whatever one. Uh, Man and Knox. Yeah, Man and Knox. I watched some Chef's Table. The show Abstract on Netflix mm-hmm. is really good. It's cool. about like various artists and their artistic endeavor uh, or artistic kind of like uh, process. I like that show a lot. Um, oh man, there's an episode of Chef's Table about the the woman who started Ennaka, which is like in L.A. I know where it is. Like I've driven by it a lot. Ennaka. Uh, what is Ennaka. that? Ennaka. It's her name. Oh, okay. I think. Uh, Japanese restaurant. Nice. Good episode. Anyways, um, yeah, so I got to see that. I haven't seen that. Uh, Lee Rakoff, mother, mother, blew my mind. Yep. It really got under my skin with the little nuances and metaphorical representations. Like many, I was shocked and anxious by the events that transpire, but in the end, I could do nothing but think about it, play it over in my mind. I desperately wanted to discuss it with people, too. Luckily, I watched it with my partner, who is a Christian... And that conversation in itself expanded the movie's impact on me. I get why people can dislike it, but to say it was complete trash always leaves me thinking, did we even watch the same movie? That movie really surprised me. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I saw it in an empty movie theater. That definitely helped. No, I was yeah. like me and my buddy. The dream. The dreams. Empty. Yeah. Zero people. If I if I had infinite money, yeah, I would buy out. I know. I would wait like till week three, so I wouldn't like deprive too many people of yeah. like, you know. And I would buy every every seat in the, every, every seat. seat in the theater. Yeah. Best way to watch a movie. Yeah. But yeah, this was this was one that definitely stayed with me throughout the year. Uh, on multiple levels, on the filmmaking process, the camera movements in that movie yeah. were insane. The film the filmmaking. In almost every aspect of this movie is yeah. top tier stuff. It's out of control. And the and the story, like slowly figuring out what's happened. I was like, ah, because I I went in blind. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. And then when that stuff starts falling into place, yeah, I was like, dude, this is a really cool interpretation of this. Oh my goodness. For me, very unique movie. As as the old joke goes, as a recovered Christian, um. I, I, I mean, because I knew everything that was happening. Once I once I figured it out, I'm like, oh, okay, I see what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, wow, it's almost beat for beat, like what we're doing. Um, the question I kind it kind of left me with, which I don't know is a good thing or a bad thing, was just kind of like, why though? Like, why? Why? Well, I thought the very, very, very end was weird. Like the very last shot. Like I didn't get it. Yeah, I'm not super religious. I don't. I don't have that much knowledge well, of it. Because that, like you're talking about him like remaking everything. Yeah, and yeah. then he like has some sinister, very sinister line, right. like right. smile, like ha ha ha. Like, right. And I was like, whoa. And and that ending, it it kind of muddies the narrative of environmentalism and and the Christian narrative. Also, it takes away her agency entirely. Um, like if she's like if, if if you take the metaphor and it's like okay she's earth mm-hmm. and he's god yeah and like he's just gonna reset button every time the humans mess up earth yeah then like what is he trying to do like either this either this movie is a huge indictment of christianity and is saying that these views are destroying the planet and you're turning a blind eye to that like to the destruction that you're doing or it's just some kind of like weird nihilistic thing where it's like, and it's been a little while since I've seen the movie. I saw it when it came out, so like you know my memory isn't flawless on it. But like, yeah. or it's some kind of like nihilistic thing where it's just like, ah, God will just reset button anyway, so nothing matters. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of just like, Ugh. 
Aronofsky's super religious, right? Is he? Like, I, I mean, he did Noah before this. But I heard, I heard Noah was also very environmentalist, okay. more than religious. I never saw Noah because, uh, okay. but like, yeah. And I mean, like, the environmentalism in this is like pretty cut and dried. Mm-hmm. Um, he has said about this that he wants people to take it however they want, you know. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that it's, it's, it's a movie with three messages that kind of fight each other. Mm. It, there's kind of the feminist narrative, the environmentalist narrative, and then a, a theological narrative. And I'm not sure which one it's trying to do. And they all can't exactly coexist <laughs> in the film that's that's extant here, you know? Yeah. Um, also, like, there comes a point where it's like, you get it? Like, the fact that no one is listening to her becomes very... I mean, I think it's intentionally very stressful. Very. Um, but, like, to the point where... Uh, you realize it's like realizing you're in a bit, you know, Yeah. it's like, it's like pretty clearly like pretty early on in the film, even before things go like 1000% bonkers, <laughs> yeah. which was amazing. Like mm-hmm. the last 30 minutes of this movie are just bonkers yeah. crazy. Cause it's just like, okay, <laughs> things are insane. Yeah. Uh, but like, it's sort of like a suspension of disbelief thing or like a dramatic irony thing where, there comes a point where they're ignoring her to such an extent that you realize, like, okay, we're in some kind of, like, extra normal, like, hyper, hyper fictionalized Well, for the situation. longest time, man, like, because, I, again, I went in blind. I didn't know what was going on. So it was like, I got Twilight Zone vibes. Right. For Is the she first a ghost? Half, like, yeah. What's happening? Like, for the first half of this movie, I was like, oh, he's some writer right, <laughs> he's right, some writer right. like is she a character yes yeah. yeah so i was, I was, it, was it was very weird and then finally i was like oh okay like it took me a while to get it yeah so <laughs> i mean for me almost immediately i was like okay so she's the house mm. for some reason mm-hmm. um or like tied to the house mm-hmm. you know um and then i was like okay so she and the house are earth yeah like later you know um but yeah it, it's very immediately we're like okay Everything in this movie is a metaphor. Yeah. Like none of these are people. Yeah. Um, Cain and Abel. It's like it's all mm-hmm. so like not paint by numbers, but it's like very direct. Yeah. But uh, also in the way it's told was so different. Yeah. The the filmmaking so of this cool. movie is like super interesting. Yeah. Um, I love that. Just telling a classic tale in a unique way. Tales old as time. It's so cool. Uh, but yeah, Mother is worth it because it's so bonkers. Definitely worth it. And you know, Aronofsky a is is a talented filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. I never saw Noah. I never saw Noah. Never saw it. either. Got to see. No it. interest. I, well, I just heard it wasn't very good. Yeah, I heard it was long and not good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Least favorite movie of the year. Least favorite. Yeah. See, there's like least favorite where maybe I didn't enjoy it that much, but then there's also least favorite where I wanted it to be better than it was. Yeah. So there's two kind of least favorites. Well, later we have disappointed you the most. So okay. this is like this is like what was the worst movie of this year? I like so many things and and I I don't go to the theater to see Right. Neither of us saw Emoji movie. Yeah, like I don't I, don't, I wouldn't I wouldn't be caught right. in in the theater of the Emoji movie. Right. <laughs> I didn't even go to a I theater avoid that bad was movies. showing Emoji movie. <laughs> For fear of accidentally seeing Emoji Movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the worst movie of the year for me was Bright on Netflix, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. I was like, this movie's bad. Yeah. 
put them into it. But given that, yeah. I'm having fun. Yeah, and it was and it was it was cool because it was the first time where like Netflix had a huge blockbuster that was yeah. you could just watch immediately on Netflix. And I watched it the, the night it came out, so right. there was like that kind of energy and hype with it. Like, oh, this is actually kind of a cool right. thing. And it was before all the backlash or whatever. Before anything, yeah, before it was the night of, I was like, let me just watch this. Yeah. 90 million, I think, Yeah, budget? 90 million, yep. Which is Sequel huge. already announced. Yeah. Max Landis out. Yeah, because so, he's a creep. So who who knows what's going on, but uh, definitely not a great movie, but I haven't I seen fun. it. Should I mean, I, I see it? I mean, I think it's worth a watch. Yeah. I think it's definitely... I already subscribed to Netflix. Do you like End of Watch? Did you ever see that one? I End never of saw watch. that. I never saw that one. I mean, Suicide Squad is garbage, but yeah. I love End of Watch. I love Training Day. I think David Ayer is... Oh, I forgot that he yeah. did those two. Yeah. What happened? David Ayer is cool. I like David Ayer a lot. Yeah. He's a good writer. He's a good director. He's pretty one note with his, his style. And he's very weird. Like, is he? Well, no, I'm just saying, like, the fact that he did Training Day and then Suicide Well, he Squad wrote Training his... Day. Oh, did he, and, did he direct he, it? He, no. He Wait, wrote... who directed Training Day? Um, that Training Day is... Oh, I just Ron had Ron? it. Who didn't... I just had it. Damn it. Typing it out. No, I know this. Someone I'm so is, frustrated. Someone listening was like, ah! Obviously I just was... had it on my brain. Anton Fuqua. Fuqua. Antoine yeah. Fuqua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I don't feel bad about not remembering yeah. Antoine Fuqua. And he did, like, Replacement Killers, too, right? Possibly. Oh, he did The Magnificent Seven. Yeah. Remake. I like Antoine Fuqua. Did he do Replacement Killers? Uh, I'm not seeing it on no. here. Oh, okay. this is producer. Let's look at director. Um, There it is. Hell yeah. Replacement Killers. Replacement Love killers. it. Good movie. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Bright... Worth a watch, I think, because it's on Netflix. Would I would I have enjoyed it if I went to the theater and made a day of it and spent twenty dollars on a movie ticket? Probably not. But lying in my bed when right. it came out at ten p.m. or whatever it was, it's a no pants movie. Yeah, I was. I enjoyed it. If you're seeing that movie with no pants on, it's fine. Yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's amazing, like having pants on or not can really change your experience. <laughs> There's usually like one movie a year I I don't like, and it's usually a popular one for some reason. I'm always like, there's always like one one game and one movie that everyone loves, and I'm like, yeah, I didn't really like that, but somehow 2017 I dodged that. I like. I mean, Alien Covenant was like a festering trash fire. Alien Covenant, a nightmarish hellscape. I saw it in the IMAX though. Terrible, and filming. like I kind of enjoyed it in the IMAX, and but the more I thought about it, I didn't like it. But yeah. like the movie watching process. You know what? No. Alien Covenant's bad. Alien Covenant is bad. It's like an insult. It is. Why it are you is touching like, the spores? Why Why are you touching those things? Why are you going to a planet uh, without respirators on? Without spacesuits on? You're professionals. Yeah. I don't care if it has a breathable atmosphere. Microbes. Viruses. Yeah. Even though viruses would probably not be adapted to function in a human body. Still. The bacteria alone could destroy your body. Why are you going into David's dungeon and looking into looking an egg into sack? Crazy egg sack. <laughs> what are you doing? You were pointing a gun at him 30 seconds before this. <laughs> oh, let me just follow you oh, down the stairs. I'm going to kill you. Oh, no, wait. I'm going to listen to you talk to me. Oh, God. Also, like, just not 
good. Not fun. Not entertaining. IMAX. The power of the IMAX. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Yeah. I'm mad. I'm angry. Because well, that was see, I was saving that one. That was my most disappointing. It's both. Yeah. Yeah. Cold Smith, least favorite film of the year was without a doubt the Snowman. Man, that should have been good. For <laughs> shit's sake, it had Val Kilmer in it. <laughs> I really like that. That's funny. Comment. I've heard nothing but terrible things about about the Snowman. I've yeah. heard like it's like a miraculous train wreck. Like. Whoa. Like Whoa. some of the movie wasn't even done, like being shot when it went out the door. And Whoa. this is the director of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and Let the Right One In. Whoa! Like what happened? Great movies. Those, the, both of those are phenomenal Great. movies. The original Let the Right One In, not Let Me In. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, or whatever the second one was called. Let Me In. Yeah, I never saw the remake. I mean, neither. I saw the first one. I love that movie. Love it. Top tier. It's a fave. Top tier horror. A favorite flick. Mine. Yeah. Uh emotions yeah i I, i'd I'd be interested in i mean i haven't really read into it too much but i think there's a story there as to why the snowman bungled so hard apparently there's like overdubbed they like overdubbed a bunch of elkimmer's lines and didn't even bother like matching the lips with the adr like it sounds like everything went wrong it's fascinating the trailer was cool it was like oh michael fassbender yeah some serial killer movie sign me up you could have saved her yeah i was like oh zodiac vibes let's go yeah (laughs) Uh, Volkerbach says Alien Covenant Ridley Scott appears to have lost it <laughs> His movies still look nice But the scripts get worse and worse Boy this movie was a mess <clears throat> It's almost like they actually listened to the feedback on Prometheus And made everything worse yeah. That people already hated about that movie It's pretty true it's, it, do, it did seem like like Prometheus I think like I have, a, I have a, an impulse To go and try to re-edit Prometheus To make it better Alien Covenant there's no hope like, it's fundamentally trash. I feel like one day the truth will be uncovered. That and Ridley Scott, Ridley Scott sabotaged oh, to the alien franchise out of spite. Out of spite against Neil Blomkamp. Against every, against James Cameron. Yeah. Against Sigourney he's Weaver. Been kind of salty, I think. Yeah. That he lost, that they took it from him. And, and remember leading up to this, Ian, remember how many times I brought up. The conflicting message from Ridley Scott himself, you yeah. know, the conflicting message of three years before it came out, two years, all the way leading up to it come out, ke- coming out, him talking about like, no more aliens. We're done with aliens. Like, yeah. aliens have been done before. Like, oh, we're, and then the whole thing of like Game of Thrones, like, oh, aliens were the original dragon. Like, we did it first. Right. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? It's, it's neither here nor there, Ridley. Yeah. Also, like... He's like, it's been done to death. And then he makes Alien Covenant. So it's like, what are you telling me as a fan, right. as a as a moviegoer? Well, not only that, but he said, he said I could bang out one of these a year or whatever he said. Yeah. Like, he, he implied, he's like, oh, I got, I got as many of these as we need. Yeah, like, he's I like, I got five of these. Out. Yeah. And it's just like, well, clearly you don't give a damn. Yeah. Frankly, well, my dear, you don't, I don't yeah. give a damn. And neither do we, really. <laughs> we don't give a damn. But, like, the lighting in Prometheus was amazing. Yeah, beautiful, the, beautiful movie. Like Alien Covenant. Alien Covenant didn't look as good. Space looks good in the IMAX. Yeah, I mean it's something. Also, uh, and maybe this is my own background again, uh, but like, it's the the creator myth that he's dealing with. Mm-hmm. It feels like an old man's yeah. story. It's like it's like Ridley. Society has moved on from this. Like mm-hmm. this is an early '80s thought experiment. Mm-hmm. Like we don't care about this anymore. Yeah. Here's another thing. If 
low-budget runaways on Hulu yeah. can use practical effects on a dinosaur, why can't your aliens are some of the, use practical effects? Are some effects? of the practical effects? Because some yeah. of the CG is pretty gnarly. So the, the, when so it the moves, di- you're when like, the okay. Full, when it's the full shot of the dinosaur, it's CG. Okay. But... When it's just the head, oh okay, it's animatronic. Like, let's get those practical effects. Yeah, CG aliens. Oh yeah, the CG aliens. I'm out. I'm yeah. not intimidated. And I'm they're not, not yeah, scared. Yeah, they're not scary. They're not scary. Like, it's so easy. It's I'm so sorry. E- I mean, it's not easy. It's, but- it's not easy. But the idea is easy. All you need to do: slow pan up. Yeah, dude in a suit. Dude in a suit. Really thin guy in a suit. Dripping. Dripping. Goo with a slow tongue. Yeah. There you go. There's your storyboard. Yeah. There it is. Huber just wrote the next Alien movie, guys. Come on. Deal with it. Uh, (laughs) It's not easy. No, but... Anyway, what, what it's movie? easy. I feel like it's easy for Ridley Scott though, which is frustrating. It used to be. Like, he's a legendary filmmaker, you know. Right. He, you know, it... And the way he talks about it, and the way he cranks movies out seemingly every year, yeah, I, I expect maybe a little more from him. Yeah, and 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 I mean, to be fair, I have not seen yet uh, all the money in the world, mm-hmm. and big props for Martian was amazing. I like Martian a and lot. That's recent. Yeah, you know? and so also he's got like it. big props for recasting Kevin Spacey's role big with Christopher props. Plummer and just like doing it. Well, Christopher Plummer is that who it was? Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, although apparently there's some kind of like weird some controversy. Stuff. Yeah, I heard yeah, that I just heard about last night. But like, I heard maybe he didn't know because I know she didn't. Michelle Williams didn't, didn't know. know, and I think but he like, didn't know, unless he straight up stone cold lied yeah. in the interview. Well, Mark Wahlberg may have lied because yeah. he said like he didn't get paid either. It's very weird. Yeah, the controversy that we're talking about is that <sighs> everyone thought no, only yeah. Christopher Plummer got paid for the reshoots because. Oh, it's just part of the movie. Like you have to go do reshoots. Yeah. Um. But now apparently, like maybe Mark Wahlberg got like a million dollars or one point five million dollars, and Michelle Mon- Michelle Williams, Williams got a thousand dollars. Yeah. Who knows? Because she was just like, sure, I'll do it, and like got paid the very minimum of like day rate, whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So shady dealings. Perhaps, shady dealings. Uh, which is very weird. Yeah. Also, like knows? pay inequality, like that's a real thing, especially in this situation. Like, yeah. a million point five, one point yeah. five million versus a thousand. Yeah. Like, whoo! Because <laughs> I heard, like her her side of it, but before this was like, was like, yeah, the reshoots. Like, I'm so excited. Like, right. I, I, she was like, I'll give all my money back if you need it. That's how awesome right. she was. She was like, well, yeah, yeah, because the money you already paid me for the movie, I'll give it all back. If you need it to do reshoots. Because she believed in the exactly. the reasons for the reshoots. Yeah. yeah. Like, she was supportive of that. Yeah. And, and like, then Mark Wahlberg is like, oh, another paycheck? Let's go. It's a shame. If if this is all true, it's yeah. a real shame. Is it weird to say Mark Wahlberg, like, if there was a controversy around him, I wouldn't <laughs> really be surprised. Is that there bad? is a is lot of controversy. About, like, back in the day, dude, Mark Wahlberg? Really? Yeah. Was he, like, He went to, like, people? jail, I think, back in the day. Oh, really? He, like, assaulted someone. Oh, jeez. And he, like, tried to get it. There's the whole big thing. Oh, he man. tried to get it off his record. He's, like, I'm a new person now. Are all... Because he all? wanted to, like, do, open a business, but he had a felony charge back in the day. And the judge denied... There's a wow. lot of stuff, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Are all people bad, Huber? I like to is, quote are Bloodline... Are beings bad? I like to quote Bloodline in this situation. Very good show on Netflix. We're not bad people, but we did a bad thing. Hmm. 
There are some bad people, though. <laughs> Harvey Weinstein's a bad person. There's a lot of bad people. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good people. There's a lot there of bad people. There are good people and a lot of bad people. And, yeah. like, a, uh, I think maybe a lot of just normal people. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, what surprised you? What movie surprised you the most of 2017? Oh, you're going to hate me, Ian. What? You're going to hate my guts. I don't think I could ever hate your guts. <laughs> Justice League! It's surprised. Well, Justice League surprised me. Surprised you in what way? It was bad. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> That's I, why I surprised. I don't hate you. It was, I felt the same. I enjoyed my time with Justice League. Right. I didn't love it, but I came out of the theater pretty pumped up. I was like, that was fun. I actually had fun. Good I, stuff. I didn't absolutely despise it. Yeah. So it like it like. 20 times better than Batman vs. Superman. Oh, yeah. And it's still like a three <laughs> out of 100. Justice League, yeah, what would I score it? Again, it's that uh, it's me fully embracing uh, the spectacle of the movie theaters in right. 2017, right. doubling down on that. Right. So I enjoyed, I enjoyed all that. I'd give it like five, maybe. Five or six. Maybe out of a six. Yeah, I'd give it like a five or six. Huh. Yeah. I had fun. Okay. I had, I had fun I'd with it. I'd give it like a three or four. <laughs> Batman vs. Superman, I would give a two. Yeah, that's a one. Because I re-watched it even. I was like, I'm going to give it another shot. Yeah. <sighs> I'm sorry. Way worse. Yeah, oh yeah. Way worse. Oh yeah. Because there's like nothing to even do. <sighs> Holy moly. I even watched the, watched the extended R-rated cut. Yeah. <sighs> that was the only one I've seen. Holy yeah, it's, moly. It's bad. Um, Cold Smith, the film that surprised me the most was Star Wars The Last Jedi. I wasn't expecting Ryan to shake up the whole formula so much, but by God, I'm glad he did. The future of Star Wars is unpredictable for the first time since Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. landed. All right, so... Awesome. As I know I was, I was sad you weren't at the spoiler oh, mode. I was, I'm still sad I wasn't yeah. at the spoiler mode because I, I had things to say. I still <laughs> have things to say, but uh, a lot of comments about Last Jedi in our mm. patron discussion have you publicly spoken about it i have not publicly spoken about what i thought about take the floor and tell us about last jedi all right i liked it i liked it a lot nice Um, loved it i think the casino side plot was way too long and kind of silly kind of kids movie (laughs) pretty stupid just finn in general yeah basically finn's character in this movie is kind of whatever yeah um for sure yeah i agree and the the finn rose thing it's like whatever but like if we're not going to get Finn Poe, because now apparently Poe is just in love with BB-8, which I'm totally there for too. Like, I ship that. But, um, <laughs> you know, I don't want I don't want Ray and Finn just because it's, like, obvious. Yeah, I don't want know? Ray and Finn. Like, I'd be fine with them getting together, but it's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of, I hope that no one ends up with anyone, really. Like, mm-hmm. there's just no time for that. Yeah. And everyone you love is dead. But, um, no, I, I think this movie is very good, and challenging is how i would describe it because it ryan johnson took the formula and shook it up because it needed to be shook up like you have to burn down the temple Mm -hmm. there are a lot of there are a lot of there there are a few straight up zen parables in this there's a zen parable where a zen master is dying and he is going to he's he's trying to entrust his star pupil with this book of knowledge like his his whole life's work um of of like all of his writings you know and uh it's a it's kind of a 
concept of Zen Buddhism not to have attachments to stuff like that. And so the the master is saying to his pupil, because he's dying, uh, the master is dying, he's like, take this book of my teachings. I want you to have it. It's, it's, it's my life's work. It's everything I worked for. Um, and the pupil's just like, mm, you better not. Like, I, you know, keep it yourself. It's fine. Uh, and the master's like, please take it, take it. I give it to you, please. Uh, and, and the pupil's like, are you sure? And the master's like, yeah. And the pupil's like, okay. And he just takes it and throws it in the fire. And then the master's just like, what are you doing? And then the pupil goes, what are you saying? And like that, that is return. That is the last Jedi. Like people who, the people who, the, the, the camp of people who are like, that's not my Luke. Um, yes, it is like, that's been Luke. The whole time, Luke's always been a whiny failure. He's not the hero. Leia has always been the hero. She's always been the driving force. She never quits. Every man in the Star Wars universe quits. And, like, I don't think that this film is saying men are bad. I don't think it's saying that, you know, it's not like some kind of anti-MRA movie. I don't think they care. That's not a factor in it. But, like, it is the fact of the matter that Luke never learned the lesson that failure is okay. That you don't have to be this perfect ideal. Luke never realized that the Jedi teachings are just teachings and that it's important to take the lesson. Like, back in the acting school, back in the theater school, we learned one of my favorite lessons that we ever learned in, in, in theater was learn it, know it, and then forget it. Like, learn the rules. You know, this is where, like, Kyle and I diverge on like comedy and stuff. It's like yeah. you learn the rules so that you can forget them, learn them, embody them, know them, and then drop them. Yeah. Because they're, they're only, it's a cage. Rules are a cage. This mythos, the Jedi legacy, this, these teachings, these books, they're a prison. And Yoda, bro. Yeah. And only by learning, <laughs> learning that they're not like, it's all Zen. The Jedi Jedi mythos is Zen. Like, if you're adhering to these rules, you're, n- you're missing the point. And if you're trying to be this hero, you're missing the point. And if you're worrying about how, oh, if we keep the Jedi going, then the Sith will keep being a thing. And it's like, no, you're missing the point. The Force is going to balance itself out. That's fine. That's going to happen. You're just here to help life be better for people. And... I really like what they did with Luke because it is true to his previous character in my eyes. Um, you know, because Luke, yeah, Luke is a hero, obviously. Like, Luke is great. And what I've always liked about Luke is that he's kind of stubborn and then he kind of misses the point because that's like us. That's us. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not all perfect. We're not all seeing our own faults, you know? Yeah, we don't. Empire we don't. Like goes back. Right. Like, when he goes back to save his friends, like... Yeah, that's the wrong thing to do, kind of. But it's also the only thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I think Yoda wanted him to do that because it's part of the lesson. And, like, Yoda coming back in this movie and saying, Dude, this is the lesson you never got. That failure is okay. Failure is the best teacher. (laughs) Failure is the lesson. Failure is success. And, like, I like the way... Because uh, someone on Twitter was saying, like... When when Luke faced Vader, 
you know, his lightsaber ignited kind of by impulse because it's like his emotional, just his drive is like, ah, you know, like to, to go for it. But then he controls that and he makes the good choice and he says, no, you know, I'm willing to lay myself down because I believe you can be changed. And we they were talking they compared it to Rashomon in this movie where it's like we get the three versions of the Luke Ben solo story where it's like okay Luke tells one version of it that's a soft version Ben tells his version that's a really harsh version which we're all like Luke would never do that and it's true Luke would never do that and then we get the real version of the third version where it's like okay yeah I had a moment of weakness it was a, an emotional outburst just like with Vader when my lightsaber flicked on you know and then immediately he made the other choice he wants to help this person even though he's terrified Mm -hmm. but then it all just went to hell and then yeah luke felt super guilty and like i think that luke then getting to closing himself off from the force is him trying he thinks he's being a hero in that regard because he thinks he it's his fault he thinks he's a corrupting influence he thinks he's enabling people like dark side users to come into power and like by shutting himself off he thinks he's doing the right thing but then in the end i loved that yeah like and uh i loved that at the end like the projection thing that he does and like he never actually even swings at him he just evades you know so and it's such a stall tactic but it's like it's still pacifism it's him learning that failure is is an option it's him learning that the important thing is buying time for his friends and still embracing the power of the myth of Luke Skywalker. Um, I also really like that he didn't know that there was a map to him because in seven, I was like, why the hell would Luke go off and then hide a little weird MacGuffin map for himself? Cause that's stupid. Um, also, I think that a lot of things that people don't like about Luke in this movie are actually problems that were created in Seven. Like, oh, that, yeah, that's what I brought up. This is, is how, like, yeah, this this is seven, this yeah. is like the best way to handle the mess that Seven left for Luke. Like, Seven, uh, Luke pissed off and went to a mountain in Seven, not Eight. Yeah, like Eight had to deal with that, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and so I'm uh, moving on from Luke. I think that Luke was was really good in this. Also, I love the line that that uh, Yoda says because Yoda, classic troll Yoda. Oh yeah. When he says, uh, "Everything that's in everything that's in the temple, Ray already has." He's being literal too. Yeah. She has the books yeah. already on the Millennium Falcon. So funny. so funny. Um, but also like that's what I love about Ray. Like a lot of people criticize Ray for being like a Mary Sue or whatever, but uh, the Force is balancing itself out. Ray doesn't, she's not plagued with doubt in the same way that Luke and um, Ben Solo are, Kylo Ren are, because she's just kind of happy to be there. Like, she's just jazzed to be a part of things. And the fact that her parents are nobodies is, is, I think, one of the strongest parts of this film because it's saying this is for everyone. Mm -hmm. Anyone could be this hero. You don't have to be a Skywalker. You don't have to be this bloodline. Mm -hmm. Midichlorians aren't a thing. Like, you can just be this nobody love that and um yeah and i i think that's super powerful also like clearly because the lightsaber gets broken god i hope she makes a bow staff lightsaber in the next yes, one yes please because it's gonna be so cool yep like Need very it. very um give me that bow staff very what's his name uh darth from, maul yeah very darth maul like it's gonna be awesome anyway um yeah i think she's great ray is cool she's very uh 
I like that she's angry, and I love that she just immediately goes to the dark side, which terrifies Luke, but then she just comes out of it. She's just like, she's like, oh, she just didn't know. Right. She she's had no like, idea, really. And that's what's great, because yeah. she's untempered by all the mythos yeah. and unhampered by it. He freaks she out. Yeah, can, I love it. He yeah. freaks out, and then she's just like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, she's like, all right. Like, that's why she's a great <laughs> hero, is because she's just kind of doing things that she thinks feel right. Yeah. And she's not corrupted by it. And I love that. And I think I think if there is a lesson, it's like Luke is kind of right when he says the Jedi need to end. But what he what he what he's really saying is like all these teachings need to end. Like you just need a good moral center. You just need to be a good person, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Like that's what's going to happen. And like she is this good person, and that's what makes her a hero. Is that she's not going to be corrupted because she knows what is right herself without having to be taught what's yeah. right, and. Because when you're in a cage, when you're within these rules systems, when you're in these bars, the only thing for them to do is break. Like, they're not going to bend, they're going to break. And that's what happened with Anakin Skywalker. Luke uh, danced with that. That's what happened with Kylo. You know, he, like, he tried to get back out, but he's in this box. And his whole worldview is in this binary dichotomy where it has to be all light or all dark. And, like, uh, with Snoke... Which I love him killing Snoke. The scene mm-hmm. where the scene where he and Ray fight together is amazing, and also the like best. this move, like force grabbing the thing and then just going on, like getting the guy behind him, so awesome. Like <sighs> that lightsaber battle was mm-hmm. rock solid, yeah. awesome, yeah, um, very good. Uh, and like Snoke is just some like dumb bad guy, whatever. He like literally doesn't even matter, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but like because of those those systems, Kylo's trapped in that in that in that cycle and i think that that's the story being told here is that the black white good bad jedi sith cycle is breaking and that's what we need that's the point like that's what you need that kid at the end yeah like picking up that broom yeah and like i love how he like force pulls it to himself just a little bit like he's just got these. so we're gonna get like jedi armies in the next i think we're getting like an awakening the force is still awakening you know yeah um but i think what'll be cool is it'll be what I hope doesn't happen is I hope she doesn't like read the books and then like adhere to them strictly. You know, mm. I hope she stays in this like gray force kind of zone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, we need to talk about, um, Laura Dern and Poe. And cause I think that the Poe thing lends into the, um, Oh, this movie is like being all like anti, uh, men or whatever. And like, I don't think that's the intended narrative there. I think that, it's being anti like flyboy like and i think that it's cool to challenge your heroes i think that i think that good heroes can withstand scrutiny i think that star wars up until now has been a parable it's been like a fairy tale and it still is to a large extent but um now we're looking at our heroes with a scrutinizing eye like we're looking at poe and saying okay maybe these ideas maybe just running in guns blazing doesn't always work. Maybe disobeying your superiors doesn't always work. Maybe she's holding something close to the chest because she needs to. Um, I love that. I, while I think the casino thing is a uh, kind of a failed side story. Uh, I do love that the, um, that mission fails. It doesn't oh, work. Yeah. Yep. Like that's great. Benicio. Benicio, like Benicio showing up. and training, Yeah. Well, and also like that's, I think they they kind of botched it, but I think the the intention for Benicio's character was to show Finn like 
because Finn always tries to run. Mm-hmm. So it's like, this is what happens when you don't choose a side. You become this man. And Finn finally says, no, I don't want that. I want to be a hero and sacrifice myself, which I actually liked that beat. Yeah. Um, I would have believed it if he went in all the way. Yeah, I was like, um, is this happening right now? Yeah, I was like, whoa, dude, okay. That um, And that would have been that would have been great i think it whole... probably would have been stronger if he yeah. if he had just sacrificed himself and yeah. saved them that way but you know and i heard a lot of people complain that this movie was too dark and i'm like it's the second of a trilogy it's gonna it's gotta it's gonna be the darkest yeah. one the night is always, always darkest, darkest before the dawn like before the dawn act two is always the one where everything sucks like that's how stories go but like uh I, I thought it was cool that we lost so much of the rebellion in a way that actually felt like it mattered. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you felt the hits. Like when they started shooting. Oh, the first scene is like my very scene. Which one? The Dreadnought. Oh, and yeah. The bombers. Yeah, and yeah, the bombers yeah. are going down. Yeah. I don't know who these people are, but I'm oh, emotionally very, invested that, in them. That whole fight scene was great. And <laughs> yeah. like uh, at the end when all the transport ships are getting picked off one by one, you're just like, holy crap. Yeah. Um, it is kind of a shame that I mean, obviously, it's a tragedy that Carrie Fisher died because I, I truly believe that this entire six-movie arc from four till nine is kind of Leia's story. And I think that nine, I think what the plan was to focus mostly on Leia, and I think it narratively needed to because yeah, nine, yeah. she's the only consistent force that's been fighting since movie four. Like, before the fourth film, she's been a consistent force for good in this universe and never tiring, never stopping. It's been her story but it's been told from the background you know like she's been the driving force um they say it's like the droids that tie everything together but her message in the droids is is one of the main things tying it all together chills man i know and, and just thinking of like the episode nine if like obviously there'd be something with her and kylo clearly you know oh yeah just like that oh. that scene where he didn't blow up the ship like Kylo is a very so nuanced, good. like so Kylo, good. them not being afraid of making Kylo kind of a mincing child is interesting to me yep. because it makes him kind of more relatable. Oh, You're it like, made Force Awakens a hundred times better. He's a, he's a one, teenager. One like, look yeah. when he looked at, and Luke is standing over him, that one look he gave made Force Awakens for me. You mean Jedi? Last Jedi? Force away like retroactively. Oh, oh, yeah. Like I it makes more, saying. it makes more, like his character yeah. in Force Awakens now makes so makes much more sense, more sense yeah, yeah. just because of what we know from the last Jedi now. And, and like JJ Abrams loves his mystery box. And like, it's almost not fair to Ryan Johnson because like seven just set up all these mysteries. And like, that's kind of easy comparatively. Yeah. Ryan Johnson had to like take all those Mm -hmm. deal with them and then move it in a direction where the story can actually continue and things can actually happen. Do you think Abrams will bring Phasma back? Oh God. And Snoke back. I hope not. Could easily. I hope not. Um, I mean, I, what, what I want to see in nine is I want to see Kylo as the leader of the bad boys and then, and then just sounds like a band, right? Kylo and the bad boys, boys. (laughs) uh, the Knights of Ren, but like, uh, and then just a scrappy band of rebels trying their best, like against this insane force. Mm -hmm. Like that's what it's all about. That's, that's when it's strong. And now it like literally is the rebellion is like 26 people. Yeah. And that's bonkers. Uh, and I love that the scene, but like, um, what I was saying is it's, it's obviously tragedy that, that Carrie Fisher died, but like narratively also hindsight is 2020. Like they didn't know that she was going to die cause yeah. they'd already finished filming, but had Leia been Laura Dern mm-hmm. instead, 
it would have been a crazy impact. Uh, like to have Poe butting heads with Leia, to have yeah. Leia make that sacrifice. Um, it would have been pretty intense. Yeah. Um, you know, but hindsight's twenty twenty. They couldn't just redo all that. Totally. Um, but I loved Laura Dern's character because it was it was an interesting dichotomy, uh, and like I liked the fact that she can look however she wants and still be this badass admiral. Uh, and like loved her hair. Yeah, her hair was cool when she when she light speeded through those ships, which I think she went into hyperspace and then immediately came out and just like bulleted through all yeah. the ships. You know, because I think in Star Wars, correct me if I'm uh, I, whatever, but like. I think I'm, I don't know if I'm right or wrong in this, in Star Wars, but like, I don't know if you can phase through matter if you're in hyperspace or not. Like, I don't know if you hit a planet if you die. Um, but, uh, that shot where it just goes silent and looks amazing. I was like, I'm like, it's almost too beautiful for Star Wars. It was, it was, um, like, like everyone that worked on Blade Runner was like, was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) But. I mean, long story short, I've been talking about this forever, but like, uh, long story short, I think it was, I think it was a challenging movie and it's pushing back against a lot of people's long held feelings on Star Wars. And I think that there's no way, there's no way to make a Star Wars movie that pleases everybody. Um, I like when the system is shaken up. I Mm -hmm. like it when things are torn down and resident evil four. Yeah. Like I like it when, you know, and yeah, when it works, it works. And when it doesn't, it doesn't. But like, obviously this is not a perfect movie. Uh, and Star Wars movies are in the unenviable position of having to be perfectly great and fantastic in every way while also being lowest common denominator. So it pleases everyone. And like, that's literally impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you I know mean, who does that really well? Who? James Cameron. Oh yeah. He, yeah, it largely does. Avatar. I mean, Avatar is not a great story, but it's fine. I like it. It's just Pocahontas. I, I like, it, like it. That's that's what I was actually building I up like to. I like Avatar. That's, that's what I was building up to. I like it. Like, it's Rush Star Jedi? Wars. Yeah, like, it's amazing. You go in, it's you watch so good. it, and then you go home. 10 out of 10. Right. Yeah, uh, but it's, it's like, actually pretty nice, though, because I feel like right when this movie came out, there was insane <laughs> levels of backlash. But now people have like seen it again, yeah. and let their emotions kind of kind of yeah. settle. I think people are coming around to it more. One, now. one of my best friends from the like, sentiment is getting way better than it right. was a month ago. <laughs> one of my best friends that I've known my entire life, yeah. who Luke was like a, a huge hero for him. Yeah, he hated this movie so vehemently mm. after seeing it the first time. He said like, if I saw Ryan Johnson, I would spit in his face. You know, Whoa. and like. You know, and I was like, wow, that's extreme. But like we were talking about it and, and, and like his points were he felt like the movie was telling him as a as a straight white man that he was bad and that he was wrong and that and that he was this and that. And I was like, Okay, that's that's a very interesting read because I mean that wasn't what I was reading into this, you know, like I don't but like I could see people reading that, but then we were talking about it and then he saw it again. And then he just texted me and he was like, saw it again, loved it. There it is. You know? And it's like, I think, I think it is a movie like that where you have to get over your immediate like whiplash and then, Good movie. yeah, great movie. And then, uh, then you can see it again on its own terms. And like, yeah, it is, it's act two of a trilogy mm-hmm. and like, that's hard. And I think Ryan Johnson did an amazing job with it, even though the casino thing was whatever, but having the horses come through and like trample rich people was pretty great. Um, would have loved pod racers 
Yeah, when when they when they said, "Oh, you know what that is?" like coming over the thing, I was like, "Oh my god, is it pod racing?" Pod like, racers. "Oh my god." Uh, the the that, next movie that been so funny. Dude, the next Star Wars story should be like one of the spin-offs should be just straight up Fast and the Furious with pod, with racing. pod racers. Let's go. Yeah. Like <laughs> with pulling heists, the, racing with the entire cast of Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Vin Diesel <laughs> pod racer. <laughs> Anyways, I just pissed a lot of people off probably, but you can't talk about Star you Wars without yeah, exactly. pissing people Ruffling off. Ruffling some I don't, feathers. I don't care. Um, I thought it was fine. Like, I, you know, like, I thought Rogue One was fine. Like, yeah, it's a, not a great movie, but like, Rogue you go One's in, you great. watch it, and then you stop watching it. You Rogue go One home. is so great. It's beautiful. Like, movie. the the main argument against Rogue One is like, I didn't care about any of the characters. It's like, yeah. Dude, Jyn Erso? She's it was fun. Oh my gosh, she's like amazing. Jenner. Yeah, she's badass. Anyway, uh, but yes, that those are my thoughts on Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah, we missed you on the... Um, oh, around. and the line about... Because I know Jones had a thing about this. The line where he, where he like licks the thing and says salt, and like everyone's like, why does he say that? Uh, a, it's to explain why no one is cold. It's not snow. It looks like snow. Yeah. And B, just because it's kind of cool to have a salt planet. Exactly. Ian, did you laugh when Finn said rebel scum to Phasma? No. Damn. Was that supposed to be funny? I laughed. I loved it. <laughs> she was like, you'll always be scum. Rebel scum. Rebel scum. Well, that's him deciding. Like, yeah. That's him picking a side. I think the whole Phasma <laughs> storyline was botched, uh, but like, whatever. Finn Finn is a weaker part of the movies, I think, which is a shame. He'll I be re- back. I really like Finn. He'll be back. Well, yeah, that's the thing. In the next movie, they're going to all kick ass. It's going to be great. Yep. It's just going to be scrappy scrappy loners trying to fight this big machine. And, like, Some that's, ass kicking. That's what it's about. Yep. Uh, what if they lose? Oh. Could happen. Uh, I think they'll win. Um, yeah. Anyway, they'll win. win. Silent concept, but at great cost. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm. I am worried that JJ is directing the next one. I would actually prefer to see Ryan do the next one again. Me too. Because I think it would be more serious and more like adult. But JJ's a, uh, you know, he's good. He's a crowd pleaser. He's good. I just hope that JJ doesn't just start filling with pointless mysteries. Yeah, the future, like, episode 10, is that even a thing? Do we know? I think that 9 is the end of this trilogy. Okay. Uh, Ryan Johnson, I hope, still gets to do his, like, other oh, trilogy. Yeah, but yeah, that yeah. I don't think that's... What if that trilogy they're trolling and it's just 10, 11, 10, 12? 10, 11, 12. That would be awesome. But, uh, yeah, I think it's like a Knights of the Old Republic kind of deal, which is kind of, I'm kind of like, eh. Uh, what my thing is like, if it's Star Wars, I'll see it and I'll yeah. have fun. Like I'm just gonna have fun. I'm not exactly. gonna overthink it. Have fun. I'm not gonna yell at it. It's the name of the game, right? That's why people go just to the cinema. Fun. Yeah, have some fun. Like this isn't three billboards outside Ebbing, <laughs> Ebbing Missouri. Like not y- fun. you're not scrutinizing it. <laughs> not fun. This isn't a Coen Brothers like art mode movie. You know, it's not No Country for Old Men where you're like, this is trying to achieve cinematic greatness. You know, yeah. like. Star Wars is a money-making machine that's meant to entertain. That's what it is. It's entertainment. Are you not entertained? entertained. And I was. <laughs> I was entertained. Uh, Silent Constant. Glad it is. Ridley Scott, man. He's the, the theme of today. Is Ridley Scott. Yeah. What, what about him? Gladiator. Oh, yeah. It's a good one. Uh, Silent Constant, movie that surprised him, would have, he would have to say, Logan, it's been a long time since I've walked into a Fox X-Men movie with confidence, and this movie was no different. 
I hoped for greatness, but was nervous even, uh, even before it started. I cried twice watching Logan. I cried watching a Fox X-Men movie. That's a sentence I never thought I'd say. Yeah. The, um, coming, I remember, I'll never forget, coming out of Logan. Feeling so empty inside. Yeah. And it was so strange. It was the strangest feeling coming out of a superhero movie feeling so down. Yeah. I was so down, you know? Yeah. Come, I come out of an X-Men movie or a, or a Marvel movie pumped up, ready to go, you know? Ready to, like, get in my car, peel out of the parking lot, pumped up. Yeah. Come out of Logan just... I'm like wired backwards, so Logan, I left feeling pumped up because I was like, "Yeah, all right," you know, like, "Yeah, gritty realism." Like yeah. movies that make me like depressed for days are like Harry Potter movies because yeah. it's like those are so whimsical and beautiful and fun that I just want to be there. I want to yeah. go to there, so I get like existentially Got depressed, yeah. you know. Whereas Logan, I'm just like, "Yeah, this I feel seen," <laughs> <laughs> you know. Logan's amazing. Logan is wonderful. Black I, and white cut. I watched Is there it a black and white cut? On the Blu-ray. Official? Yeah. Ooh, the that noir, sounds cool. right? Logan Noir. Oh. Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah. I saw Blade or um Blade Runner Black and White would be really not probably great. But um Mad I saw Max. Mad Max Fury Road in theaters black and white. Mid mix. Mid mix. Gasoline. <laughs> Are they what's new uh, with that franchise? Is he coming back? Yeah, they're making another one, I think. Are they? I think he's making another one. Alright, I hope he so. He had an idea for another one. I think he's working on another one. Furiosa. Take your time. Take your time. Take your time. Just as long as Furiosa reveals herself. I got all worked up talking about Star Wars. I'll be I excited. Take my jacket up. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, it would kind of be weird if she was in it because it's No way. Just, it's kind of just Mad Max. Yeah, but he'll make a pit stop uh, at that, where is uh, it? The Citadel. The Citadel. Yeah. She'll be like the leader of it. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. He'll have to go and... Get some gasoline or something. Yeah, It'll need some supplies. Get some aqua cola. And she'll be like, what have you gotten into, Max? He's like, I need you. And he'll say, I don't remember. And they'll team up. Yeah. Oh, the dream. <laughs> uh, anyway, I got to watch Logan in black and white. Logan is, yeah, Logan is very cool. Um, Logan. Logan, again, is a movie that's not afraid to take beloved characters and take them in a dark, sad, and kind of realistic way. Like, the fact that Professor X has, like, brain degradation is, like, horrifying. Very. I'm glad. I came in today. Remember on my way here, I thought of something Marvel could do? Something really cool? I'm glad we brought up Logan. Okay. Okay. I'm driving to film this podcast. And I'm thinking about Marvel. Thinking about my, the movies we watched this year. Thinking about Hugh Jackman. Thinking about Logan, thinking about how he said he's done with Wolverine. Yeah. And I thought in my head, there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way for Mark Ruffalo and Hugh Jackman to team up as Hulk and Wolverine. And the light bulb popped in my brain. One shots. Marvel's one shots there hasn't been one since iron man 3 they used to make the short films that filled in little gaps there's oh. a there's a few of them there's one with agent carter there's one with uh ben kingsley from iron man 3 there's one where they find thor's hammer i think that was the first one the thor roommate movies do those count those two little short comedy films i don't think those are official like marvel oh. one shots okay, but yeah okay, pretty okay. much like something like that right a one shot 
where Hulk and Wolverine just team up to team up. Yeah. Just give us what and we want. And he throws him. And he throws him. Yeah. Like a missile. Yeah. Claws out. How perfect would that be? Because then you don't need to step on the toes of the, the of Infinity War and all that, the, yeah. the upcoming events. Well, you, you humor. Can, you can fit it anywhere you want in the... Te- you can go prequel. You can do whatever the hell you want because Incredible Hulk, Ed Norton, is like beginning of the timeline. Yeah. You know, and he's already Hulk at that point. Yeah. So you can go wait. You can prequel before it all. Huber, would you take Weapon 23, the girl, the you know, the young girl from Logan in the future? Put her in getting, Avengers. Put her in Infinity War. 100%. Because now Marvel is yeah. getting Fox, all that. I would love it. I'm just that so. That would be an amazing shakeup. I'm like emotionally. They got that into Infinity War it'd already. Be, it'd be insane. That'd be, that'd be like, what? <laughs> just, How did you do that so fast? I feel like. There's a bromance ready to be had yeah, between yeah, yeah. Mark Ruffalo and Hugh Jackman. Like, putting them together, I just feel like would be magical. It just fits so perfectly. And he's even talked about it in the past couple years ago. Who you know? Did? Hugh Jackman. Oh, he really? was like, oh, yeah. He's, he's said it'd be really fun to go toe-to-toe uh, with the green guy. Yeah. He's like, I love Hulk. You know, what they're doing over there with Marvel. He's like, it'd be really, really cool. Yeah. He's like, I'd probably, he's like, he's like, it wouldn't really be really fun to me because I'd get beat up so hard. Yeah. Dude, they could do a um, pre-Thor Ragnarok uh, thing where they meet in up the in Coliseum. the Coliseum and fight each other. Just, just give me a, just give me a way to have yeah. them together. I need it. Yeah, like a 15 minute just like fight between them. Yeah, because those, then and they think he dies or exactly. something. He like rips him in half and everyone's like, yeah. And then, and then it cuts to Logan just being like, oh, God. Because yeah. <laughs> those shorts are like five minutes. Yeah. So it'd be ridiculously expensive and probably wouldn't make any money, but it'd be awesome. Throw it on as a short. Exactly. They should start doing Pixar shorts in front of Marvel. <laughs> oh, that'd be so cool. Uh, Joseph Caruso, easily the best movie that came out in 2017 that I got to see was Get Out, and it was also the most surprising. Even after hearing all the hype, I was skeptical uh, about the quality of the film from Jordan Peele and the handling of the advertised subject matter in a horror format, but I was blown away. It's probably my, one of my favorite films ever. Um, he goes on, but we've already basically said all the things that he talks about. Yeah. Uh, Samuel Cardwell, Thor Ragnarok. Not just for the relentless laughs, but also for the finale. It managed to do what no other Marvel movie has done by actually making me believe in the peril of the big finish. I agree with that. I thought that Thor Ragnarok... I really liked Thor Ragnarok a lot. And it surprised me, I think, a lot. Um, Where, yeah, and it was funny. It was a straight-up comedy. Like, there were parts of that movie where I, like... I, like, was looking around at my friends in the theater, and I was like, what is this movie? Like, Like, when... In the beginning, Loki is is pretending to be Odin. Yeah. And then Thor shows up and he just goes, shit, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, he's like, here. What is this movie? Yeah. Like, I love Taiko Atiti. I think that he's a comedic genius. Uh, and I really love Thor Ragnarok. Like, loved Thor Ragnarok. I thought it was so fun. And that's what it's supposed to be. Kate it's supposed Blanchett to be fun. Was a Kate Blanchett badass. is amazing. Tessa I love Thompson Kate Blanchett. was a badass. Oh, God, she's so cool. Like, everything. Valkyrie. Thor, like Thor was the coolest he's ever been. Yeah. Like he's so heroic now, which I love. Yeah. I thought I, I think looking back, the arc of Thor is really strong. I've never seen any other Thor movie. So that's the thing is like the Thor, Thor one and two to me are okay movies, but now Thor Ragnarok and, and with Avengers and everything, I really feel like he has developed as a character now, like yeah. fully, and I think that's really awesome. Like going into Avengers Infinity War. Going up against Thanos and knowing how strong Thor is, like, 
Yeah. We need him, you know? Yeah, yeah. There was, like, a really subtle line in Avengers 2 where they really, like, hyped up how strong Thor is, where they're all fighting at the end, and Ultron is, like, he's, like, Thor, you're so annoying, basically. He's, like, I, he's like, I gotta get you, you know? I forget exactly what he says. Who says that? Ultron. Oh. He's, like, you need, I need to stop you right now. He basically is, like, yeah. Thor, dude, get out of here. You're too strong. Yeah, you're yeah, annoying. Yeah, I gotta yeah, get, yeah. you know? So well, I mean, he's straight up a god. Exactly, he's and magic. That, that's why it's so cool. It's because like Iron Man, you can stop, you know, and and like Black Widow and Hawkeye, like they're just they're normal just people, humans. Yeah. But it's like Hawkeye. When you're dealing absent from the trailers, I I kind of hope our like he's joke not, is me too, me too. Thanos just breaks <laughs> him in half like instantly. Yeah, snaps his neck. Yep, and it's like Hulk is the strongest, but he's so unpredictable. Right, you know, it's it really falls to Thor. I to like kinda, that. Like, I like that in Thor Ragnarok where Hulk had been Hulk for, like, a long time. Emotions. Yeah. Emotions. Very cool. When, like, uh, what happened? What is the line, there? dude, when when they're in the, his room and he's like, no, oh, he's like, nobody likes you to, th- to Hulk. And Hulk yeah. is just like. Yeah. He's <laughs> all sad. I was like, dude. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. Very, very intense. Uh. Yeah, that hilarious movie. Jeff Goldblum, like, doing a little DJ set. Like, what? I love it. Yeah. Oh, I so love that they let them do that, that they let them go for it. Yep. Like, back in the day, like, a couple of years ago, Marvel stopped Edgar Wright from doing Ant-Man. Like, cause yeah. whatever. And, like, I feel like now Marvel is finally, like, they're taking chances. They went for it. Yeah. And I think it was the right way to handle Thor. I think it made Thor appealing to someone like me who'd never yeah. seen any of the Thor movies, who... Like, I don't love the Avengers movies. I don't think any of them have been that good. I thought they just have too much to handle. Um, I love the first one. I mean, they're entertaining, but, like, whatever. I, I, don't, I, think the I love them all. Messy, I'm a Marvel. Like, I'm an MCU fanboy. Uh, we, know, we know this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> David Geis says that Wonder Woman almost pulled it off to become one of the few superhero movies to escape the genre limitations that are holding many of these movies back for me but ultimately botched it with the last act and ended up being just a very good superhero movie for me. I have to give it to Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which I liked much more than I was hoping for. <laughs> Had a great time watching this one with a lively crowd. Um, I see what you mean. I think Wonder Woman, the, the third f- act, is very much just paint by numbers. Like, the Ares fight. Yeah, very, very normal Marvel end fight. The uh, Ares with, fight. With no real stakes. Yeah, no um, stakes. But I thought Wonder Woman did a really good job before that i loved the scene of her like walking into the war and just like solving that because she felt like she had to like yeah i like wonder woman as a character definitely also it's like definitely the best of the dc movies i think the recent dc movies Mm -hmm. um but yeah the third act is a little whatever yeah um a dc ending no i said marvel before um but yeah and i didn't like guardians 2 really i remember you said this I Shocking. It, I, I felt like it. I oh, felt like they were like, well, the first one had heart, so we got to inject heart into every scene, or every storyline has to be whatever. And I'm just like, ah, yeah, okay. I felt it. I loved the first one. I felt the heart. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't bad. Again, it's yeah, it's entertainment. I was entertained. Yeah. Uh, all right. What film disappointed you the most? Volker Bach. Oh, yeah, yeah, Alien. Alien. Yeah. Alien. The most For disappointing. Yeah. Thought, Dev- I thought it would be the one. I thought that they would learn from Prometheus exactly. and go the opposite way yeah. instead of learning from Prometheus and go digging in deeper with yeah. a stupid... Oh, God. Yep. We talked about it already. Volkerbach, uh, Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Not a bad movie, but not even close to the first. I agree. Didn't see it. It was not great. That's disappointing. I liked the first one. Love the first one. And this one Kingsman, was dude? Pretty whatever. Oh. Pretty whatever. 
Um, Brittany Fuller says, Valerian. Uh, this was a candidate for my least favorite film, but I decided it fit better here. Most disappointing. This movie had so much potential, but it was squandered through the execution, weird pacing, clumsy writing, bad chemistry, and poor choice for the leading role. Dane DeHaan is a fine actor, but completely miscasts as the lead. I agree. Yeah. I didn't dislike Cara Delevingne as aggressively as a lot of people, and I blame the writing for her character more than her acting. I thought Rihanna was one of the most surprisingly good things about the movie, but the whole side plot with her character was strange and unnecessary. The opening sequence of the movie is extremely good, which makes the awfulness of the rest of the movie even more apparent. I agree 100% with all of this. To, to me. Yeah. I agree, I agree to such an extent that I actually did a, a fan edit. I re-edited you Valerian. That's so cool. I cut out 23 minutes. Um, I've been hemming and hawing on putting out the EDL, the edit decision list. Yeah. Because it's illegal for me to share the movie I made. Yeah. It's illegal for me to show the movie I made. Dang. It's, I think, legal. I actually talked to um, Hogue Law about this. It seems legal and within the area of free fair use um, to put out my edit decision list. And then if you take your version, like if you buy Valerian, mm-hmm. which please do, uh, buy it. And then you can then take the file yourself from your purchased copy and re-edit it. That's what I did. Um, that's fine. And like it's just for yourself. Yeah. So you can do whatever you want. Um so I think that's allowed. Okay. But basically, I cut out 23 minutes. I took out most of um, their interactions with each other that were unnecessary. Uh, took out the bad acting, the bad writing with them. Uh, I took out the entire, I think almost all, which is a shame because I liked the the Passion Alley area. And I thought Rihanna's character was like, okay, until it was super dumb. But uh, I took out that entire beat, that entire section with mm. Rihanna and the dumb alien wedding. I took all that out. Um, and just shortened it 23 minutes shorter. And I actually think it's a pretty strong movie now. Um, I mean, it's not like amazing or perfect and it does have an unexplained costume change where they, they get dumped out of the trash chute and then Cara Delvine is suddenly in like a white wedding kind of outfit. Yeah. But it sort of plays as a joke because they're like arguing with each other about like directions and like how, how they're like get lost and like their plans aren't working out. So it sort of feels like a, like what have they been up to kind of a yeah, joke where it's yeah. just like they're all covered in trash and she's wearing a different outfit. That's like fine. what happened? So That's it kind of feels like a joke. Yeah. Uh, so I think it works. Um, but yeah, so I re-edited Valerian. That's really funny. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, cause that movie had such potential and I really love fifth element. And I think that that director is just very interesting. I had uh, a fun time with it. Yeah. It, it's one of those situations where it, wasn't very good, but I had a fun time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Alex Mallory, uh, disappointed, most disappointed. My least favorite movie of the year, unfortunately, Last Jedi. There are definitely worse movies of the year, but I didn't see them. Uh, they said the movie is a mess. The tone is all over the place. The jokes do not fit at all. There are scenes that lead to nothing. And the fact that the Finn side story feels like complete filler. Most of the characters end up in the same place they were in the beginning of the movie. I don't know if I agree with that. No development whatsoever. The new characters introduced in the movie are terrible and make terrible decisions throughout their appearances. The Force Awakens revitalized the uh, Star Wars franchise in a great way, setting up new epic story with interesting characters and questions. The Last Jedi throws that all out with with a window and makes nothing out of it. Very disappointing. Dude, Poe, Kylo, and Rey 
developed all, so much. Yeah, I think they changed. So they changed much. in pretty huge ways, and yeah. Luke changes in a huge Luke. way where he finally comes to grips with what being a hero means, mm-hmm. and he finally makes his last thing. But we talked about it all already. Yeah, we talked. Um, you talked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just kind of like went forever. Because I, I'm, I was on the spot oh, yeah, for the hours. I didn't get yeah. to do it. Uh, I was yelling. Every, we were all just yelling. Yeah, I figured. So if you want to see that. <laughs> yeah, when I saw that it was 55 minutes, I was kind of like, yeah, all right. <laughs> An hour of yelling. Uh, Morgan Mahala, biggest disappointment of 2017 was War for the Planet of the Apes. The comment actually says, sorry, Huber. That movie was all over the place. I and it was hard it. to believe the villain's motivations. I never saw that one. Hard to believe the villain's motivations. They're, they're going, humans are going extinct. It's, it's literally a fight for survival. Classic. Tale as old as time. Tale as old as time. I mean, the, you know, the, you go back to the original Planet of the Apes, the Apes won already. Yeah, yeah. So it's like we've been building up to that naturally. Yeah. As, you know, you these three movies. You blew it up. Uh, I, The entire Planet of the Apes franchise is really close to my heart. The originals growing up, the VHSs. Oh, really? I've only ever seen the first one, I think. I love... And all the remakes. The first one is this one. way better. Yeah. The 60s, the original. Uh, they're all pretty good. They're, some of them are really weird, like Beneath and Con- like Conquest. and Some of them are very strange. Um, the Tim Burton remake, I do not like at all. Yeah, not, not great. But then now this trilogy I just absolutely adore. Yeah, and War for Planet of the Apes was almost... In my, it was like my number six in my top oh, okay. five. Yeah. All right. So, which we'll get to shortly. Um, one other thing, uh, Dominic Barlow in the comments did a really interesting thing that I really liked. He did best movie I saw with my dad and best movie I saw with my mom, mm. which is great. I love I that. Have that. Like, the cozy thing. Uh, his with dad was Guardians two, and with his mom was the big sick. Nice. Uh, what would yours be? Do you have? Uh, with my mom, I saw I Tonya because she loves figure oh, okay. skating. Sure, sure. And, I still need to see that. I want to see that. And with my dad, just the other day, Hostels. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. I yeah. saw a billboard for that, and that's it. <laughs> nice. It's uh, Western. Okay. I see. I try to see all the Westerns with my dad. Sure. Uh, it's been a while since we went. It's been a while. It's been a while since it was a good <laughs> Western. Uh, my dad got me into Westerns. He really got me into film when you break it down. Uh, yeah. So it was fun seeing that with him. And it was fun seeing I, Tanya with my mom, because I got to ask her about everything. Because I've watched figure skating with my mom, like, yeah. all growing up. So anytime like the Winter Olympics are coming, like I'm getting f- looking forward to like watching just the ice skating with her. Yeah. So it was like perfect. Like she didn't even know about it. The movie. Oh yeah. It's like, dude, mom, there's a Tanya Harding movie. Yeah. Margot is like nominated. It. It's getting all these awards. It's good reviews. She's like, oh really? Like okay. She thought I was gonna be, like a documentary at first. I'm like, no, it's like a drama. But kind of they like interviewed and then based them on interviews. It's a very mm-hmm. interesting way. Of yeah. Making I like that. Um, I'm trying to think if I saw a movie with my dad this year. I might have. Uh, I mean, the one, the one, the like quintessential, like that's not a great movie, but because I saw it with my dad, it, like elevated it was Oblivion. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's like whatever movie, like yeah. average at best. Yeah. But, like because I saw it with my dad, I was just like over the moon. I was like, yeah. yeah. Uh, my mom passed away a few years ago, but uh, Galaxy Quest was always like one that was like that with with us. That was yeah. she loved that one. Um. All right. Now. Time for top fives. Let's do it. So uh, I asked the, our patrons in the $7 and up tier, um, the movie club, to give me their top fives. And I took their favorites um, and made a little little list. It's nice. not five long. Um, so the list, uh, in in order from 
least most liked to most, most liked. Most liked. Most, most liked. So, so these are all up. the top films. Um, we've got Coco, Baby Driver, Three Billboards, I Am Not Your Negro, Dunkirk, and Mother. We're all tied, Whoa. as mentioned once okay, as a favorite okay. each. Okay. Um, and then Get Out had five favorites. Yeah. And then uh, Blade Runner 2049 had seven. So that was our our, our number one. Number one. Sick. Was Blade Runner. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, and then bottom bottom one because I I took everyone's least favorite movie too and I did the same thing. So with tied for one vote each, Dark Tower, Emoji Movie, Justice League, and Guardians Two. Guardians um, Two. Yeah, I don't know. What? Uh, and then uh, Alien Covenant and The Snowman each had two. And then the most least liked movie was uh, Last Jedi. Five votes. I knew that was coming. Yeah. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I like what you like. And then, yeah, I like what you like. And then uh, just a, a quick list of the most surprising movies to our patrons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kong, Skull Island, mm-hmm. Logan Lucky, Jumanji, It, Gerald's Game, Last Jedi, Wonder Woman, Twin Peaks The Return, which I'll count. That's an 18-hour movie. Uh, Blade Runner, uh, Logan, and Thor. Nice. Logan and Thor were bo- the most mentioned. Nice. Uh, yeah. And what, uh, what's your top five? I wrote it down here. I wrote it down. I don't like top fives. I don't like lists. Yeah. It, it's stressful. I don't like doing It's hard. This. I don't like it one bit. Don't choose your favorites, you know. Last Jedi. Wait, should I go in? from the bottom or to the... Go the from bottom to the top? Least to... to okay, best. Mother. Sure, okay. Just slid in, number five. number five. I loved it. Uh, maybe because I had the theater all to myself with my friend, and I went in blind. It was just... It was one of the... It was one of the most memorable movie going experiences I had this year. It was one of the most pleasant, I should say. I just had a great time from top to bottom yeah. with Mother. Number five. Yeah. Number four, Last Jedi. Okay. Number three, Shape of Water. Cool. Number two, Dunkirk. Wow. Number one, Blade Runner. Yeah. I like it. Um, I couldn't decide on a number five for me, so I think it might be, it's like Shape of Water, Last Jedi, like, yeah. maybe some indie I forgot about, <laughs> but loved, you know. Uh, yeah, so one of those. Um, number four is Baby Driver. Nice. I just, I really like, like, yeah, it's not a great, perfect movie, mm-hmm. and I think the story kind of falters a little bit, but just as an achievement of forethought and editing and disciplined shooting, I thought it really nailed it. Uh, get out, get out, because that movie is so. Get bad. out, get out. Uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine is my number two. Uh, despite its issues, I still really loved it. The feel, the look. Your number one is the sounds. Lady Bird. My number one is Lady Bird. I knew it. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Lady Bird is my favorite movie of the year. I haven't uh, seen it yet. I I just think that it it is so well written, so well done, so well acted, so well paced. Highest reviewed movie of all time on Rotten Tomatoes. Lady Bird? Best reviewed movie of all time. Wow. Number I didn't one. know that. Yep. It is past it is... Toy Story or whatever. <laughs> Lady Bird, basically, I have no problems with it. None. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Awesome. I, I just don't have a problem with it. Good vibes. I loved it. I can't wait. And it's not, it's it's a challenging movie. It's a, it's not like a, just a cut and dried feel good, you know. Yeah. It's, I really, really liked Lady Bird. Nice. <laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah. 
So what I thought we could maybe do is should we try to come up with a reaction shots official top five or is that just insane? Blade Runner. Probably is Blade there. Runner. If it's you, me, if it's and my the number patrons, one, if it's my number one, the Patriots number one, and you're number two, it's Blade our Runner, number one. Probably number one. Yeah. Yeah. So if it, I'll make our right here uh, official Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Then it would have to be Get Out. Get Out. It's on all three of our lists. It wasn't in my top five. It wasn't in your top five. But I thought it was. I'm sorry. No, I forgot. But but I'm happy with it being there. Well, then maybe it's not number two. It was the patrons' number two and mm-hmm. my number three. Yeah. Uh, Put it in there. I'm cool with it. All right. And what what were what what else did we have? Any other commonalities? Dunkirk. No. I never saw that. Shape Dunkirk. of Water. Shape of Water. Okay. Last Jedi. Sure. Like number five, maybe. Okay, yeah, and then what should number four be? Four. Like my Lady Bird was my number one, but it wasn't yeah. on either. And of And I haven't lists. seen it, but you if I seen if I saw it, I would probably agree with you, Ian. I'm right, very but, excited but, for it. <laughs> but since I haven't seen Dunkirk either, you know, it's like yeah, it, it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. What what was your top five again? Run us, run me down. Dunkirk, Shape of Water, Blade Runner, Mother. Last Jedi. Okay. Don't. Don't want to put Mother on there necessarily. No. <sighs> I'm cool with Get Out on there for sure. Oh yeah, Abso. We can do top four. Top four. All right. The official. Because Last Jedi is controversial. Yeah. Official reaction shots. You just witnessed it happen in front yep. of your eyes. Last Jedi number four. Shape of Water number. three. Three or two? Two. Okay. Get Out, number three. <laughs> Shape of Water, number two. Yeah. Blade Runner 2049, <laughs> number one. Official. I like it. Um, all right. Uh, real quick, what films are we looking forward to in the coming year? Um, I'll just read down some of the ones that were mentioned by various patrons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Infinity War came up a lot. Oh, dude. Um, Predator, Annihilation, Mortal Engines, Ready Player One, Early Man... Uh, Morgan Mahala mentioned that they were worried, but uh, looking forward to Pacific Rim 2, Jurassic World 2, Sicario 2, Incredibles 2, Wreck-It Ralph 2, and uh, very excited for Isle of Dogs because it's Wes Anderson. Um, Isle of Dogs looks Isle of Dogs looks, looks bonkers, yeah. yeah. Um, Annihilation, I think, is my number one because I've read nice. the book. I've read the entire trilogy. Nice. Um, I really hope they don't botch it. Southern Reach trilogy. The Southern Reach trilogy. It's so good. Um, Beth read all of those. Oh, I read, yeah, I read them all. Uh, and I read uh, the other one uh, that he wrote. That was really good, too. Um, but, yeah, those books are bonkers, and I hope they don't botch the the movie because hard to baby. film. Yeah. Alex Garland, he won't botch it. Alex Garland ha- has a history of a weird third act, though. Sometimes weird the third, third act, act doesn't, doesn't always mesh. Yeah. Sunshine. Sunshine. Which is not, you know, a terrible movie. Yeah. But, like, the first two acts are one of the best sci-fi movies ever made, and then the yeah. third act is just like, eh, all right. Yeah. And in in subsequent viewings, it's better because, like, the, the crazy third act is foreshadowed. Like, anytime yeah. a flashlight passes the lens, you see, like, a crazy face and stuff. So, it's like, it's there, but yeah, whatever. What's your most anticipated? Avengers is, okay. like, the Infinity most War? anticipated movie of my entire existence. Yeah. There's been nothing like this. I have been in the trenches, boots on the ground, since Iron Man 1. Yeah. This is a 10-year culmination yeah. 
And we know you love a culmination. It, it's unlike anything anyone has ever been a part of. You yeah. know, this many movies for this long culminating. I'm very excited. They've been knocking it out of the freaking park with these movies. Yeah. And and I couldn't be more excited. I know there's an Avengers 4 coming. They, the Avengers 3 was supposed to be two parts, but then it got so big, I guess, they made it two movies. Which so, one was? Avengers 3. Oh, okay. Was, it was going to be Avengers 3 part 1 and part 2, but oh. now it's just Avengers 3 and 4. Okay. So I'm a little... I hope... That's probably better, right? It's probably better. I'm hoping it, it feels conclusive kind of it's yeah. i hope it's just not like stalling for yeah, avengers yeah, yeah. 4 i hope it really is like its own thing each time yeah so it, it's weird because it feels like two culminations in a way you know yeah. what i mean so but but hands down avengers 3 is i can't even wait yeah can't even wait <laughs> i can't wait i need it i, I mean like it right now it's one of those movies where it's like i'm gonna see it yeah you know oh, i'm so excited i'm so excited if Anyone, mark my words, Ian. If anyone from Agents of Shield shows oh, up, yeah. you're gonna cheer. I will weep and <laughs> cheer and applause and and just be content for the rest of my life. Oh, <laughs> uh, speaking of Shield, you had a top five of shows, right? Yeah. Do you have a top five of shows? Uh, I thought we were doing that. Black you mentioned Man. it yesterday. Go for it. I got do bl- yours. I got Black Mirror. I got Black. Sales. All right. Luke Arnold. Luke Arnold. This came out in January of last year. It was the final season of Black Sales. Yeah. Highly recommend it. I had the honor and the privilege of doing a Huber syndrome with Brad and Luke Arnold himself. Wow. A a uh, uh discussion about all of Black Sales. So Brad and I finished it, and then we had Luke Arnold on to talk about just Whatever. The whole deal. Yeah. The whole thing. It was incredible. It was so much fun. Good vibes. It was such good vibes. Uh, I need to finish it. The Leftovers Season 3. I'm so sad you don't watch the scene. I'm so bummed because... I don't know if I've ever hated a Season 1 as hard as I hated The Leftovers. That It's nothing. Like... like you don't even know, yeah. How, no, I how watched, radically different yeah, season yeah. two and season I've, three. I've are. seen. I think I saw the, the the first episode of season three, and I was like, "Oh, okay. This got this is really good, interesting." I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, I just want to scream. Maybe I'll just skip season one and watch the because <laughs> I know how season one ends. Halt and ah. catch fire. Do not sleep on the show. It is it is another show that's over. Yeah. And had a beautiful final season. Yeah. Unbelievable payoffs. So much emotion. If you like video games, I recommend it. Because there's like subplots of game video games in mm-hmm. Halt and Catch Fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's a great cast and great characters. And lastly, you know they're coming. Vikings and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> Uh-huh. I kind of cheated on this because they, they both just started at the end of the year. Well, I guess there, there's always like bleed over I'll allow it. from like last season, this season. Yeah, so like S.H.I.E.L.D., I guess, was Ghost Rider last season, but now they're in space. It's right, amazing. Right, right. Uh, so much heart and soul in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It, it, I try to say it every time, you know. I When I watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I get so emotionally invested 
because of the chemistry with all of the characters. Yeah. Everything in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is earned. Yeah. And that is such a big thing. Big story beat payoffs always feel earned. And that's so hard in shows now. You know? Like, even Game of Thrones to an extent. Like... No, I don't want to go there. Maybe. Yeah, Game of Thrones isn't quite over yet. So, like, it'll yeah. it'll be telling how earned it in, is in, in the In 60 years when the you last know. season comes out... <laughs> Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how they handle it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, uh, I guess I, I I didn't have a top list, but I mean Black Mirror, Black Dark Mirror. would be on there. Probably. I gotta watch it. German time travel sci-fi show on Netflix. I I'm like kind of bad at telling people apart. Yeah, and like boy, is it hard and dark. <laughs> I'm really good with faces. <laughs> I'm not great with it's my faces. strength. I'm not great with faces. Um, I'm just looking down like somebody else's top. 25 list uh, there is so many good shows i just saw hong gets right there i'm happy about that twin be handmaid's tale i haven't watched handmaid's tale yet i need to i really want to hardest show of all yeah. time that's why i haven't because i'm just like it's to get real. through we're already in this reality it is brutal yeah the most brutal sh- like yeah. black mirror's brutal yeah. dude handmaid's tale yeah. is brutal yeah i can handle these things usually i can handle dark shit like attack on titan season two is kind of challenging me yeah hammy sale i can't watch more than like it took me so long i watched one episode like every two or three weeks yeah yeah because i was just like okay well it's like when black mirror first came out it's like punishing to the audience it's like bad things happening to good people yeah black mirror now is like bad things happening to kind of the right people like bad things should be happening to these people by and large Um, callister dude it's pretty sad the dude's a monster what are you talking about yeah he is but like no that's great when they were like trapped in there they're living the dream yeah i guess uh but yeah it's like pan's labyrinth like punishing to the audience yeah it's like it's like f you for watching yeah you know yep uh also yeah i'd have to mention the good place love the good place it's like I was a little worried in parts of season two, but I'm just like, no, all right, they're back. Uh, cool. It's great. Um, and uh, I want to mention, I think it'd be we'd be remiss not to mention Twin Peaks: The Return. I haven't watched it. There were parts of Twin Peaks: The Return where I was furious with David Lynch. Whoa. Um, so angry. Like the the Dougie Jones stuff is just so tedious, and like it is far too long. Twin Peaks: The Return. But yeah. once it ended. It actually won me back in a way that I was even surprised by. Yeah. Um, definitely, it wasn't... Twin Peaks The Return was no, not fan service. Like, it didn't give any of us what we exactly wanted. Kind of a Last Jedi situation. Right. <laughs> but then at the end, I was like, okay, all Sorry, right. My legs you still asleep. did your thing. Okay. We're, we're closing in. Huber's legs to see. Legs to see. I gotta go to the bathroom. Uh, fierce. I saw he was nominated for a Golden Globe. That's really cool. Kyle McLaughlin? Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh. And- and he's amazing. And he's in Portlandia. <laughs> Shield's so good. Damn it, it's good. It, is it always good or did it start kind of Season rough? one is rough. Okay. But season one, Winter Soldier happens. Ah. And that's when everything changes. That's okay. when the show gets right. amazing. Okay. When Winter Soldier goes down and like Shield blows up and it's yeah. all Hydra. Right. Buckle up. Buckle up. Strap in. Nice. So good. Um. Can you think of any quotes? You want to do the quote challenge or should we just call it? 
This has been a long episode. Call it. Call it. We're calling it. Call it. So we'll be back second Friday of next month. Uh, we'll start back up with our normal formatting of uh, having a, an assignment film for the month, uh, and that'll tie into the next episode, kind of linking it thematically. Um, not sure exactly what the theme will be next month, but uh, we're going to do a B, a B movies episode. We're going to do a queer cinema episode. Uh, we're gonna do lots of episodes. Uh, we'll see when the order is. We got some. F- we're doing a Marvel episode before Infinity War. All right, I'm calling we'll, it we'll right do a Marvel now. Marvel episode before yes. Infinity War. Tying that in with something else will be <laughs> interesting. Um, but we got some cool guests lined up. It's gonna be a great season, uh, 2018 here on Reaction Shots. Um, if you want to be part of the discussion, if you're in the seven dollar and up tier on Patreon. dot uh, com slash Easy Allies, that gets you into the discussion. Uh, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. We have a cool community that loves film, talks about film. Um, 2017 was a really interesting year. It's a very weird year. The yeah. best movies are like the big blockbusters. Yeah. It's very strange. It's like, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah 2017. Yeah, what a weird year. Um, but yeah. Good to Gotta maintain. Gotta maintain hope for the future. Maintain. What did you say? Good what? Good TV. Oh, yeah. Good TV. Oh, yeah. Peak, t- peak TV. Peak TV is the lingo peak now. TV. Yep. Um, I've anyway. seen that on like four different sites. Oh, yeah, yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, this is a thing now. I've heard it. Peak TV. Peak TV. <laughs> the, the, the platinum age. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Michael Huber. <gasps> what? I didn't bring up one of my favorite shows. Do it. I, I, by the way, I also said six shows. I tried to slip an extra one in there. You weren't counting. What's seven? Have, give us number seven. Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. And I'm so mad. At you. What? Because you. I'm blaming you, Ian. Okay. I wanted to do a damn spoiler mode, and you, like, went out of town or something. I went out of town, but I was all about we were gonna. Mode. We were all set to do it, and you're like, oh, don't do it without me, because I gotta go somewhere. And, we'll d-. and then I was like, all right, we'll wait, and then it never happened. Blaming you. We could have done it before <laughs> I left. Let's do one really quick. We were waiting on, like, Damiani. Yo, it's a 10. Why does everyone hate... The random episode seven, dude. It was a fine episode. Uh, Why does everyone not like it? It tanks the pacing of the season, I think. Tanks the pacing? No, but here, imagine this. Imagine this. Yeah. Had that been a C story going throughout the entire season, it would have been better and it would have had much more impact, I think. Like, I know what they were doing, but I think it should have, it would have sped everything up to have her leave earlier in the season mm. and have that be the arc for the whole season and then come back. But it was so cool when she came back. It was very cool when it came back, and it would have been even cooler if it had been building throughout the season, is what I think. Yeah. Because it kind of halted all the other... Like, six ends on a cliffhanger, and then we go on the piss off to Chicago for an But hour. it was cool, too, because, like, she was with Hopper the whole time, so she's been gone forever, and then she did this. So by the time she came back, it was like even more of a change for her yeah. in the eyes of the kids and everyone. Yeah. It was like, well, she's been through it. Like, I, I ain't against it, but yeah. I think it would have been better served had it been like at least a two or three episode arc in the background of the mm. other episodes. I think it would have been more powerful. Yeah. Also, like, the little weird band of punk outcasts I thought was like fun but it's like set them up though set them up for next but it's like are you trying to make a spinoff like what are you guys doing like is this the villain of the next one it's the 80s yeah it's the 80s it's like hey here's all the things we didn't get to do because we're in a small town huh but top three characters of the year hopper bob bob the the brain bob the freaking brain saint bob Bob. mvp of 2017 i love bob (laughs) love bob 
Spoiler alert. God, I love like Bob. When, when things go down with Bob, I was I was shook. Bob. Bob. Bob the Brain. Love, love Bob the Brain. I can't. I, oh. Yep. Ugh. It was great. I can't Just wait for season Winona three. let Winona Ryder be happy. Just let her. I was a little... I was a little... Something that surprised me is that the uh, season two kind of ended with more finality than I thought it would. It didn't, oh, it didn't, yeah. it didn't, it's kind of a soft pitch into season in three. Because th- in their eyes. It's over. You know? They made it. In their eyes. Yeah. That's what I love, you know? They think it's and safe. And the dance, the dance is so great. Yeah. I love everything there when she goes to dance with him. Oh my gosh. A little it's weird so if they like coerced a kid to kiss another kid. Like that's not cool. Wait, what happens? There was like some, there was a story like kind of half, I only half heard about it, but like, one of the the characters may not have known a kiss was coming or something Whoa. like that. Yeah, to like try to get the reaction yeah, I, I or really something. Know. Yeah, I don't really okay. know the full extent of it, but you know these are kids. You gotta yeah. be careful. But you know, loved it. Yeah, Omin- ominous ending shot. Yeah, yeah. Do you like it as much as season one? I liked it more than season one. I thought season one was like okay, not great. Yeah, and season two was like good, not great. Good, not great. All right. I'll take. I you liked know what? it. I'll I take it. it. For me, I'll take that's it. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah, exactly. I'll take it. <laughs> good, not great. Good, not great. Like, also, hate, you know, it's also, what's his name? Baseball bat kid. Steve. Steve, dude. I love Steve. Hype. I love all the like memes of Steve being like the dad to these kids. <laughs> yep. I, uh, Steve is great. I love yeah. Steve. He's Steve. Like, he's like. You're not dying on my watch. Yeah, <laughs> when they're yeah. like in the tunnel, he's like, I'm going first. Yeah. <laughs> You're not dying on my watch. Get I, out of my way. I liked Max. I thought it was kind of a bummer that her. Oh, Mad Max. But her storyline is kind of only there as like a reflection for the boys. She's like more of a prop than a person. But I, I hope that, I think that she'll be great in season three. Set it up, baby. Yeah. So Set it all and up. And like her storyline with her brother was like kind of like not handled exactly Abusive gra- perfectly. Brother. But like. It kind of well, it kind of just like abusive father all, all the way on down. Yeah, but it go, that's kind of like a stereotype where it's mm. like, oh, if you get abused, you become an abuser. Mm. Like that's not entirely always true. She'll I think. break that cycle though. Yeah, Mad Max. Mad Max. Because the brother's too weak. Yeah, but he'll have redemption maybe. Yeah, who knows? Uh, I liked that Lucas got actually more stuff to do in this season, and yeah. the shot, the scenes with his family, I thought were really cool. It was nice to see a successful black family in mm-hmm. something. What's um, uh, Will Myers, dude? Will Myers this season? Oh, got, getting like possessed, out of control performance. Yeah, good stuff. L- yep. I liked I liked Bob the Brain's like well-meaning advice, totally being the wrong thing. <laughs> like, because he's like, just turn around and say, get away. You know? Oh yeah yeah yeah. And then yeah, like yeah. and then like that's what causes <laughs> yeah. him to get like posi- full on possessed by yeah. like the like stands forces up to of it. darkness. Yeah yeah. Oh, that scene was it. haunting. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, yeah, Stranger Things is a lot of fun. Awesome. Season three will be cool, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, cool. The, the, Green, the Expanse wasn't this year, was it? We I need to talk about so. how The Expanse is like the greatest sci-fi show. It's coming happening. back. Yeah. It's coming back. Yeah, 2018, baby. It's coming back. The Expanse. Get hype. Yeah, get hype. Um. Anyways, this has been Reaction Shots 2017 Rundown. It was like two and a half hour episode. Whoa, we're frame trapping it. We're frame trapping it. <laughs> Um, anyways, thank you very much for listening. Normally, these episodes are an hour. We've got some exciting guests, cool themes coming up for 2018. Um, yeah, so please join us. Patreon.com slash Easy Allies. 
um, Patreon or uh, YouTube.com slash Easy Allies. Twitch.tv slash Easy Allies. YouTube.com slash Easy Allies. Plays. Twitter.com slash Easy Allies. Twitter.com. Easy Allies. MySpace.com slash Easy Allies 2. It was already taken, so we had a 2 behind it. That that was fake. Um, anyways, I mean Hink. This is Michael Huber. We are your illustrious hosts. See you next month. See you next month. Bye. <laughs>